I mean, there's the good and bads of it. And I'm sure we could argue about like how bad social media is. It's kind of, I, I feel bad because they're like, oh, you stupid fuckers, you don't know this, or you'll never be that. That is our culture, which yeah, sucks because there's been. so much yeah. rich culture amongst other places. I'll say, I'll take claim to that. This, that's a California culture thing. So the nostalgia attached to all of it is why it becomes so like, like folklore, like mythology. He's still done all this dastardly shit and he's always been Gil Monty. He's yeah. a fucking gnarly fucker. He didn't right. fake it. He right. was a real deal. He's in my hands that my friends have built for me. That's so, uh, and on the same hand, you know, I have, I have old machines. I used a sailor Jerry machine for years and old Jonesies. You know, these machines were 50, 60 years old when I started using them. And they worked great. Yeah. But I don't know. I just, I'm not the person to sit there and say, oh, you got to use this. You got to use that. Um, you know, we we don't drive our cars by pushing our feet anymore either, like the yeah. Flintstones. Yeah, dude. Yeah. There's automatic guns. And as much, I don't need to stick up for them. I don't use them. But it's, it's, it is sad. Sometimes I see so many people bag or, or cause a separation between tattooers. Yeah. Or you use like you're not these. a real tattooer if you're using a uh, rotary. Well, I I have two words, Nico Hurtado. Yeah, uh, right. For one and example, a lot of them, not just look Nico. Look what he does. A lot no, of them. that's just one. Yeah, you know, it's just somebody I know that does this beautiful work with him. It was funny though. I was just in Texas, and uh, me and Freddie, not Texas, uh, New Mexico, and me mm. and Freddie Negretti were working together. And Freddie's getting down on his bishop, you know, doing this beautiful piece, and I'm over here using coils. And a few people had made some comments. Mm -hmm. Well, a little later, I saw a guy named uh, Eric Inksmith, who I probably was lucky to meet 30 years ago, and uh, of Inksmith and Rogers. Mm -hmm. He worked with Paul Rogers. Wow. Paul Rogers is like a godhead in our industry. Yeah. We all praise him for these beautiful machines right. he made. Now, we got a guy, his old partner, and uh, he walks up, and I'm watching this tattoo, and I, and I did. I introduced myself. Hey, Eric, Corey. He goes, oh, hey, Corey, I haven't seen you in years. A, a dear old friend of mine, Suzanne Fowler probably 30 years before it introduced me to him and she always made sure I met good people. Yeah. Well, anyways, I'm looking at this tattoo and he said, Hey, so what do you think about these fucking rotaries? Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking in my head, like, boy, easy out, you know, loyal to the coil. Loyal this to the coil. Tool. Yeah. Why am I going to be full of shit? I said, well, fuck man, look at that tattoo. It, yeah. It looks pretty goddamn good, man. Right. All right. And next thing out of his nose, he's like, yeah, these loyal to the coil motherfuckers, <laughs> they're full of shit. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, man. He switched I, it up so quick. I played that right. Yeah. Fuck, Eric's pushing 80. Damn. He works five days a week. Damn, he still works and five days And he was bragging. He goes, I use those fuckers every day. Oh, my hands feel better. Mm -hmm. Not that he needs an excuse. Yeah. But this is out of Eric Inksmith's mouth, and I'm repeating it as close as I can. Mm-hmm. And I don't need to defend myself. I hardly use whatever. I can, I'll use whatever. I started with a straight pin and a fucking razor blade. Yeah, as long as my it goes up machine, and down, in and out. My fucking... first machine was a guitar string hooked to a fucking fish pump motor. Damn. Jesus. And so no one even an showed me how that. to make that. I just figured it out. So anyways, Eric Inksmith, of all people, is talking about Paul Rogers. Mm -hmm. And again, for all you new historians that think that these rotaries are new. They're not. They were making them in the late 80s right. and the 90s. And I guess Eric was telling me that when Paul Rogers himself first used one of those rotaries, he says, oh, man. He's like, man, we've been doing it wrong, dude. No, he didn't say it like that. <laughs> the way he said it was like, wow, when they finally get this thing down, yep. we're going to be out of business. Yep. 
because they're great. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow. So to me, I, I like I like examples of that. You know, a lot of these days, everyone was, wants to hate on something that's new. Tell you the truth, most shit that we think is new. I mean, you're a little younger than me. I'm 56. You're just a little bit. Yeah. That ain't shit new to us, man. Yeah. Any new idea we've had is probably 20 years old. Yeah. Just humble yourselves. We're not even for geniuses. Mm-hmm. Somebody's already thought about it, and we repeat our shit all the time. Right. And again, I don't know. I, I love the beauty of a coil machine, and I could build one. Mm-hmm. But uh, these things run great. You so do you do you feel like? But that's the story on why I have this right. One hundred percent. I just because I have good cause... friends like Franco. If I can say, hey Corey, you should have one of these, and let me know what you think. And, right. Well, I know it's going to work. I just right. need to learn how to use it. And every once in a while, I'll see a tattoo that I feel like it'll be good for, and I'll just pick it up. Just like all these machines, they all run. Mm-hmm. They kind of they kind of speak to you, like, oh, this one needs this machine. This one needs that. Right. For the most part, there's two machines I'll use in there. Yeah. For the beginning of the, the end of the 80s and the early 90s, I used to use one machine, this Mike Brown machine. I'd throw a single needle in it, tattoo it up, Single needle out, the whole way. Throw the seven mag in there. Okay, got you. Finish it up with one machine. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a uh, beneficial to have one machine because I used to you used to have to set up multiple machines just to have different sizes of needles and stuff like that. Well, now, now sometimes we do. We'll set up three or four. Right, because but you have to. But then you got this. Right. And you got one, and you could clip in these different sizes, and it's like. That's a huge innovation. And then I, you know? now people getting into it, they instantly buy a rotary machine. And then there's old school guys that say, and I want to get your take on this. Do you feel like someone that starts tattooing today, if they start off with a rotary, is that is that bad? Do they need to grab a coil and understand the mechanics? I don't think so at all. Although I have my daughter that's tattooing. Yeah. I, I told oh, her I cool. wanted I to learn. I want her to learn everything. I actually want to go find some of them old national kits mm-hmm. so she can build a machine. Yeah. She says, I want to learn how to make needles. I'm like, you don't even need to. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's how I want feel. To, that's how I feel, and too. And that's the thing. If you want to, great. Yeah. If a guy came out and learned with one of these machines, you know, at the end of the day, if I see a really bitching tattoo, I'm not like, what machine did you learn on? Yeah. I mean, what the fuck? What does it matter? I learned how to tattoo with a straight pin yeah. or a fish pump motor and a guitar. So I'm like, really? What right. does it matter? Right. And again, that's just my opinion. But the other thing, too, a lot of the guys, they'll hate on that shit and say, oh, old school, this is the only thing. Dude, we can't all drive a classic car. Right, 100%. And even if you can, it's nice to jump in that new car, too, even with the with the, the map and shit yeah. on there and the stereo. And it's so convenient, and it, and it evolved for a reason. It's but I love driving my old bike. Yeah. You know, I, I have an old motorcycle. I have a new motorcycle. Yeah, they, they're different machines, and it, to get caught up, in a cultural stance of what's cool and what's not. Yep. Fuck. Yeah, I think people want to hold on to whatever was a part of their era so bad because it's a part of their identity. And when people start toying with their identity because they're just like shooing it off like it's not that big a deal, they just get so mad about it. And then it's just they want to tear it down. But in actuality, you just got to be open-minded to change. And for me, it's just a balance of being open-minded to whatever's happening and then also me being so interested in the history. Yeah. Because even when I was in school, I was not interested in in uh, learning that much. You know, I'm like, my mind's at other places. I'm working on survival because at the time I was like homeless and all this stuff. And then now as an adult, I appreciate the 
the history, the, the intelligence of it, or just gaining the knowledge and all this stuff. Like I just have that personal self-interest. I don't expect everyone to be like that, Yeah. but I have that curiosity that's, uh, that's lent itself well to my career and just being able to understand it as a whole. I remember I used to think coming up like, wow, I'm, I'm unique. Yeah. And my way here was unique. It was unique to me in a sense, but it's funny as I've gotten older, I've met so many people like I'm 56 and I started tattooing when I was 15. So I've been doing it quite crazy. a while. But, uh, I've met people Damn, that got into it in the same punk rock scene. Yeah. And they did the same steps or they got in trouble or they met somebody who had been in trouble mm-hmm. or drugs were involved. It's really, we're not really that different. No. Our tools are going to be different because we come in at different times, but it's so funny. You, even though we're uh, quite a bit different, we could have had the same route into this. Yeah. And it sounds dramatic, but yeah, tattooing has saved a lot of our lives. It did. You know, just as other careers have saved other people's lives. Yeah. You know, because it it gave you something to do. It gave you a purpose and a lane in. and something to drive through. But it, and, and I do. I know this. I know some guys uh, that work and they would use nothing but coils. And they only will do these hand-done stencils. And uh, yeah. I remember getting a letter from this one cat. And he he wrote it on a piece of paper and he folded it up and taped it. And it's just so old school as a handwritten letter. And I still have it. And I, it means a lot to me. Yeah. He's an old tattooer. But I can appreciate him being that way. And he's not someone to motherfuck everything else. But uh, it's so nice to be able to appreciate him. But what if everybody was like that? Yeah. We did our own hand-cut stencils, and we all wrote letters and folded them up and taped them. <laughs> it wouldn't be special anymore. Yeah. So yeah. I think we're forgetting that. And a lot of the, the old guys that I know, some of them, it's kind of I, I feel bad because they're like, oh, you stupid fuckers, you don't know this, or you'll never be that. Like, yeah, that's your way you know, of telling them. But it's like, hey, man, you know, when I was younger, there was this and there was that. Yeah, and, uh, and that's a that sounds like a but better on the way same hand, some people like salty people, and some people like getting yelled at, and that's what catches their attention. Right, it's like the old snake oil salesman. Yeah. Ah, that's something you're too stupid to ever know about. And then they line up, and they after they've been insulted, they're gonna they're learn gonna, something. Yeah, yeah, hundred you know? percent. So there's even a little beauty to that. So I think we got to embrace that we're all different. Mm-hmm. We're all gonna use different tools. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like I said, if you think that your coil machine that was produced like by my good friend Juan Puente or, or Jim Rosal, all these guys that make these beautiful handmade machines. Oh, trust me, I this is just the, the top of the barrel of people I know that have done this stuff for years. None of it's really new. Right, and um, I think now it's We just can't like, all have those machines, and when they're doing yeah. it, they're just repeating something that was done, you know, 60 years ago, 80 years ago. But it's just the nostalgia of the fact that that person that you know that makes machines did it back when the era was different. So the nostalgia attached to all of it is why it becomes so like like folklore, like mythology almost. And back then, since you've lived through it in the moment, it's not all that glamorous. If anything, it was way more grimy and just way more. Oh, 100%. And like you're talking about it now, like it's like people are glamorizing it. And it's like, if you're in it, it's like the moment is, is always just more like reality. And then you get like time passes and people are like, oh, the good old times and stuff. It's just because of nostalgia. I think when you're younger too, like I remember being young and uh, we were saying this earlier, I remember being, you know, 22 years old and meeting Gil Monty for the first time. Right, like, yeah. Oh my God, just pirate. 
Mm-hmm. He's just a pirate tattooer. He's a character. Yeah, he's yeah. a character and all of that because that was part of it. They were like old carnies and this and that. And, uh, you know, jumping forward, he's turned into a treasure. You know, mm-hmm. He's got the pirate and the treasure chest. Well, he's the treasure chest now. To me, he's still done all this dastardly shit, and he's always been Gil Monty. He's yeah. a fucking gnarly fucker. He didn't right. fake it. He right. was a real deal. Everybody can't be like that. Yeah. Half of them would burn out. Yeah. He, he would burn out. He quit. He had to quit a lot of his old habits. Right. He had, you know, drug habits, actions, or he'd be in prison or dead. Yeah. You, know, you guys romanticize about that. Well, if you really love it, go do it. Right. Go do drugs. Go fight with people. Yeah. Shit gets well, it's old. funny how even nowadays, <laughs> even in this generation, there's like a whole same thing in different industries. That's why like gang culture and some things and like music, it's all glorified. But it's just because you're you're seeing it from an outside perspective and you're kind of only picking out like you're fantasizing about it in a way that's just not We've in reality. evolved as humans. Yeah. Like here's a good example. Look at like uh, I was just watching my friend Wand was out in uh, Germany mm-hmm. just last week. The Chicano culture yes, of fucking tattooing. So popular. In Germany. And, and even Spain, Japan. And Japan. Yeah. I was in Japan 20 years ago. And dude, I remember seeing Mr. Cartoon rolling up, and there's all these Cholo Asian these dudes. Cholo fucking cartoon dudes. They loved him. Yeah. Okay, now, and all this Chicano, Chicano art that's going on in Germany of all places. Last time I knew that was pretty white, you know, yeah. or mm-hmm. <laughs> nation. Is it bad? Right. Is it wrong that they are? And I'll say, I'll take claim to that. This, that's a California culture thing. Right. There's Chicanos and Mexicans everywhere, but that came from the streets of California. 100%. How bad is it? How wrong is it mm-hmm. that these guys are eating up that style? Because even if it's not tattooing, style has, even American culture, we took on German words. America right. is that right. we, uh, we don't really even have a culture. No, we no, killed we off the one that was here. We yeah. killed off the Indians, which was a huge shame. And that is our history. That is our culture, which yeah, could have been so much yeah. rich culture amongst other places. And but stuff. we're built from all these other different yeah. places. So a melting pot for sure. It's like a big bastard yeah. screaming at everyone. You're not pure. None of us are fucker. Yeah. None of us are pure. You none know, of us and, are and really like if you had your way, should we erase that? Should the Germans only be doing this or, or should I'm using it as an example? No, I know? get it. But a lot and of the world will. now with the Internet, we're all entwined, yeah. whether we like it or not. Yeah. We used to be able to write a letter to somebody or mm-hmm. put in a long distance phone call. Now Fuck, you can talk to anybody 24 <laughs> seven on right. the computer now. Right. Good, bad, whatever. It's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's the good and bads of it. And I'm sure we could argue about like how bad social media is. And but if it's really that bad, unplug your fucking yeah, TV. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Unplug your phone. Yeah. You're, you're grown. You could fucking yeah. not use Don't it. Don't watch it. And I tell people it's a tool. You use it how you want to use it. And a lot of people overindulge in some of the like just scrolling and then getting into the comments. And that is almost a reflection of just like their own personality of like getting in there and getting so worked up about a random dude that is just like talking shit. And you literally well, I don't can have say to. that as much as I think i'm making sense right now i could burn myself i'm just as guilty of it i rarely post on the internet and it's funny have you ever argued with somebody on there about something they said a few times i used to enjoy doing that i remember when the internet first started but you have fun talking shit though yeah it was fun talking shit yeah Yeah. (laughs) but it's i got to admit i can get you know three thousand likes 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. Oh, you're the best. Blah, blah, blah. One negative From 3,000 fucking people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then one from one person I don't know. And they're like, oh, fuck. I don't even want to post anything now because yeah. I'm already my worst critic. Yeah. I almost hate everything I do. You know? That's, that's I, I know other artists like, oh, this is great. I'm working it. I'm, like, I'm not like that. Never Dude, have I'm not been. like that either. I'm not it's like, like that oh, either. Fuck, I hope I pull this off and. But it's so funny. I'm guilty of that too. Somebody will criticize someone, someone that's a mechanic or someone that doesn't know shit about yep. my industry. Yep. I've had people say, "Oh, that's not your best work," and I'm thinking, actually, I was thinking, man, it's taken me all these years mm-hmm. to do a piece this cool. Right. But point of it is, is I'm admitting too, I could be just as guilty of feeling, oh fuck, I crumble because one person that I don't even know fucking is criticizing you. I've been like that. Now I'm learning to who yeah. gives a fuck. Yeah, who you gives a fuck? Can't make everybody. But it's happy. funny how some of the criticism, if that comment sometimes has like a tinge of like truth in it, that's something that you were thinking too, just a little bit. It get, it's so much worse. And you're like, how the fuck was he able to pull out this one little fucking insecurity well, our society, that I didn't tell nobody about? I'll use an example. I remember a few years back, I did this like this ninja thing. And it looked like it was painted with a black paintbrush uh-huh. by some Japanese master. Yeah. But not all artists are going to see that. They're going to see this undetailed swash of ink. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing this amazing thing, and I hit a dragon in there, and it was a cover-up. And one person was like, oh, not your best work. And then all of a sudden, like, sheep's over the cliff. Yeah, Corey, not your best work. And that's just part of our culture, this fucked-up internet yep. thing. All these dudes just like, yeah, and they're just like all oh, this big wave of, yeah, that's terrible, not your best. Because yep. some jackass said it. And then I wrote back, it's like, well, I can take criticism, but honestly, it's taken me years to learn how to tattoo and make my needles look like a brush stroke yep. and have depth and this and that. So sorry you didn't like it, but I will stand by my tattoo and say it's probably one of the best ones I've ever done. Yeah. And th- they were like tripping. But now, yeah, you fuck you people. Corey knows what he's doing. Now it's this other wave. And it, and it got so far away from observing a piece of art. Yeah. It was just this group of people that don't know each other, motherfucking each other. Yep. And it was so bad. It left such a bad taste in my mouth. Because yeah, yeah. that's not what tattooing's about. And it's just like the internet now. You get these dudes. I want to be old school, so I'm going to talk shit about the guys mm-hmm. with the new I machines. I get that so it's much. Like, why? Dude, like, come on. Yeah. Like, but maybe that's just the fun. Maybe that's the sports that's a fan. Part of it. And a, that's a part you know. of it. And I feel like that's always existed in the world, no matter throughout history, no matter what era. It's just that you're hearing the voices louder now because they have the opportunity to voice their opinion, even on something they have no know nothing about. I'm sure there was that same dynamic, even thousands of years ago just of course it's the same human uh nature we're human nature we're just seeing it all in one spot and luckily i think at the end of the day even though there's the people that want to talk shit and bag on each other at the end of the day i think there's more of us that appreciate it that are going to move it forward like you said three thousand positive comments and then one negative (laughs) comment the ratio is crazy with that one negative comment is so powerful yeah i wish i didn't have an ego that would be so fragile at times dude i work on that all the time because even me starting to do a lot more uh content and stuff it's like there's like the old school guys that hit me and they think i'm part of like the brand new generation that like you said you don't know shit you don't you shouldn't be giving away this good information and all that and the way i see it is like it, all information is going to become commoditized at some point and someone's going to give it someone's going to like 
But as long as I'm putting out good information, I feel like I'm doing a good service because I'm there's a bunch of bullshit out there. And if I could put my little bit of drops of good information mm -hmm. in there, at least it won't it'll dilute the bad information. Maybe you can uh, know that whatever I'm going to tell you is going to be objectively correct and stuff like that. So I try to aim for that type of stuff. Do something you believe in. Yeah, and I believe That's, in it wholeheartedly. There you go. And yeah. it's funny, as I got farther in my career tattooing, I'm not the best in the world at all, but I'm just saying, like, I started finding out I have, like, a knack for... Um, I love helping young artists, like, either change the way they think about tattooing or just get better in general because it's, like, all the mindset behind it and, like, how and you I, get better. I, and I come from a generation of don't teach nobody exactly shit. so it's completely stark contrast right but i think the thing that changes like i said information is commoditized like people are throwing out information left and right even if it's wrong information there's people learning off of youtube but they're watching a video about the depth of the needle and that person making the fucking video has no clue what they're fucking talking about this is funny like i, I said yeah my generation i come from but i've never really i i don't think i was a, i think i am the true transition of that because if I was tattooing a tattooer and they asked me something, I would never lie to them and tell them the wrong shit. Right, I'd either would, say nothing. Yeah. And if it was somebody I liked, and there was those guys are around now. I remember Tim Tendrick's mm -hmm. comments to me once in a while and told me some things I told him back when he was starting. And I'm like, wow, I told and you, you for, that? And you forgot about it, I bet. I'm like, fuck. But I, I meant it. I, I remember just telling him, say, hey, dude, just do every tattoo. Pretend Jack Rudy's watching you. That's, yep. And this was years ago because that's what was important to me. Right. Yep. You know, yep. so... You know, I've always been genuine in wanting people to do that. And, uh, yeah, for those old school guys that don't want and think it should have died with them, well, it didn't. Yeah. And it'll, it'll be here long after you aren't. No, you for know? sure. And it's funny how and, you say that. And you that. can humble yourselves by hearing a little story like that about Eric Inksmith. I don't right. need to defend anybody using rotary machines. No. Yeah. But uh, think about it. This guy worked with Paul Rogers, mm -hmm. and he's quoting Paul Rogers. So before you want to fall on the sword for this machine and fucking make that statement, know your history, pal. Yeah, uh, right. There's a lot out there that we don't know. Right. We, you know, all yeah, of us. We. Right. I want to switch it up a little bit because we were talking about it before the pod, but um, I'm so curious about, because you're most well known probably for your appearances on LA Inc., right? But I'm curious about how stark of a contrast, like what was your career like before and then after? Because before you had your career, you've been tattooing for maybe 10, 11 years. Well, way more than that, actually. How long have you been tattooing total? Um, well, I started tattooing when I was 15, and I'm 56, Fuck, so 40 years. Yeah, and then you did the show. But shuttle. I didn't get into a shop until I was, I used to use, well, I didn't work in a shop. Yeah. Well, it's hard. I, when I was 16, I was hanging out in a tattoo shop. Right, yeah. But this was some lowbrow guy. He wasn't even old school. He was just some old hustler. Mm -hmm. But he's still tattooed, man. And I was in there. And uh, that's where I learned a lot of what not to do. Sure. Learned a lot about drugs and vandalism and yeah. all this crazy shit <laughs> that seemed to circle around tattooing. But I was a kid, and it was fun. Right. When I was 20, I started tattooing with Mark Mahoney at Fat George's. Mm. So that's my professional beginning. But. You want to talk professional? This was in the hood. This was mm -hmm. in Bassett, Big Bassett, La Puente, and yep. El Monte border. I'm this white punk rock kid from the Inland Empire, right. and everybody out there is in a fucking gang. Yeah. It's like halfway between here and LA. 100%. Just scummy, like dirty, 
Right. Everything was bad there. Crazy clients. Yes, I'm here. I've arrived because that's where it was. That's yeah, where so the good proud shit to be was, there and all know? that. Yeah, and it felt genuine. So like, you, and that was 1987. Fuck. So, so I didn't even know. Uh, I tattooed. I started tattooing what 83, 82. I don't mm -hmm. know. Just hand poking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I usually say around 87. About five years later, I started a professional shop. I've been in a professional shop for 36 years. You know. Damn, dude. That's that, fucking that don't matter because there's guys that have been tattooing this long that suck, and then I meet guys that have been tattooing four years they're fucking amazing 100 percent. i was like yeah well i got better stories no that's but what i was getting, that's what i'm getting at is like i tell people it's not about Maybe. the work it's not about no you do but like i don't think it's about i don't think it's about you being better than the new generation no. i don't think it's about that i think it's uh it's about a you came up in a generation where it's way harder to get better than them and they're just they're just feeling the the benefits of whatever you guys have already but gone through. But I didn't through. think you know it at the time when you're going no, through it. No, I meet cats a lot now that they want to kind of rewrite history and narrate it as if they had a plan. Maybe they did, but I call bullshit on a lot of that. I think when you're we in the all moment, just do it. When you're in it, you're just doing it. Even what we're it. doing right now, it's not like we're thinking about like, oh, this is history. Like no. far down the line, people are going to be talking Five about years this. Five years when you look back at it, you might think of a little bit of perspective. But yeah. I think we're just doing where our heart tells us to fucking do right and i think that putting the effort out to create even if it's content and stuff like that i it's like even like writing something down uh at a certain point like you're always hesitant to write some down and just like i don't know like whether you're just writing in a little journal entry or something it doesn't mean shit in that moment and then years fly, fly by and you look at that you're like oh i can't believe i fucking wrote that mm -hmm. and that's like a that's like a similar feeling but to get back to what I was saying, so you had your career before LA Inc. and after LA Inc. And then I'm sure you were doing really well in your career before, but how much of that changed the whole dynamic of like your clientele and like the type of people you would get or just like, how do you handle that type of fame? Because I know that was like a big contrast from what you were used to right before that. Well, it might have changed a little bit, but I think it changed as much for me as it did for everybody else in shops. Sure. Because... I think with the show, looking back now, what it did was it brought tattooing, <laughs> excuse me, it brought tattooing into the living room. And so people yeah. were, so many people were afraid to venture out into shops because a lot of it was, there was a lot of seedy shit. Then they start saying, wow, look at that cute girl tattooing. Yeah. Look at that. Oh, look at those nice people. Oh, wow. Look at the art they're creating. Mm -hmm. So it kind of, I think, I think it really did. It opened up the the world's eyes to see what kind of tattoos could be being done. Right. Yeah. You know, and uh, all that meant was people were going, oh, I'm going to go get tattooed. Oh, that shop doesn't look scary. We're going to walk in there. Now, this guy's old and relish on that old thing. He's like, oh, yeah, I know some guys actually I laugh. They're making shirts, make tattooing scary again. Oh, God. <laughs> it's it's kind of funny. It's funny. But it's also, it's also a joke. I mean. When you're a kid, you're scared, but this guy's a nice guy. I don't, it's just part of that theme. But anyways, back to that. I don't want to kick it in the face or not be appreciative because I do. I'm sure the residual from LA Inc. It wasn't like a regular, if that was a TV show, I'd be fucking loaded. Those are non-scripted, non-reality, non-union yeah. shows. Yeah. I didn't get paid a lot on that show. I no. made a few hundred bucks a day and that's that. But the residual is... I got to show my world, the world, my portfolio. So yeah, I think it changed yeah. for me. So I had people coming in now. Oh, I seen you on TV. 
that's kind of weird. It's also a little diluting to what you've put your work in yes, for. Yes, 100%. But on the same hand, I don't have a fucking ego. I really don't care. Yeah. I'm just glad the customer's coming through the door. Yeah. It's always kept me safe. It's kept me out of trouble, having yeah. plenty of work to do. Um, it probably changed for me as much as it did for everybody else because it just made tattooing more popular. Right. Right. And yeah. I guess... But there's a lot of people that didn't like that or say they don't like that. Yeah. It's like, well, you're busy. And now it just used to be you and that guy. Now there's six people. I get it. It's more popular, but I'm not going to take fucking blame for that. Yeah. I yeah. was, I mean, it's just our culture. Someone would have done it. That's the thing. Someone was going to do it. And this is all going to happen. And if you get the opportunity to be a part of it, although you talk shit about it and all this shit, people talk shit about it. If they got the opportunity, they would probably do it too. Well, most of the people that are bagging on me, I, I, I do believe that. Yeah. And if they weren't, they wouldn't be watching it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And that's the thing. They are watching it. They're watching it to criticize. And then they're like, and then again, the culture of television you know, I have friends on uh, Ink Master. I went on there as a judge once. I'm yeah, doing, I remember that. Yeah, and I still like those guys, but it's not a it's not a judgment against them. I don't really like sports, and I don't like them turning art into, into a sport, a commission, into, a into a competitive, into a competitive thing. But so what? That's yeah. my fucking opinion. Everybody yeah. else likes it. That's why yeah. it's on TV. Yeah, I think to me as a tattoo artist too, when I look at Ink Master, there's some things I don't like because they embellish the drama too. Because I have a friend that was on there, and he oh knows. yeah, if I saw people argue like that, I hey outside fight, fuck, kiss, make yeah, out, bro, whatever you need to do, keep shit, that shit out you of the would shop. Never say that normally. No and, hell no. But I think um, the only thing I do like about Ink Master compared to the other reality shows is like the tattoos are real and it's about the tattoos yeah. a lot of it of like. More than any other show, right? Some amazing tattoos, right? On and there. then you're showcasing all these people that get to get on the show. They get like a platform, which is great for them because maybe they didn't have that before, and it gives them an opportunity to be like, "Hey, this is our Super Bowl." And like you said, it turns it competitive, but at the same time, it's kind of like at least it's about the tattooing. Hey, whether I like it or not, yeah, uh, it was on there for ten fucking years. It's still going. It's still going. They just interviewed me to uh, be on there again, but they didn't pick me. You bet your ass, I went in there. I was in there. I remember at one point they had a computer malfunction and I saw Ami and Nico and some other cats. And well, hey guys, well, oh shit. We weren't supposed to know who was on there. <laughs> oh, that's what they were trying to we weren't calling each other, telling right. it. You guys they talk. can't admit that, but I can because they didn't hire me. <laughs> dude, is that when they but were dude, trying I to I would have done it. I would have They were trying to get you to be a, a replacement judge or something like that. The new one, yeah. Yeah, with, the new one. But they picked yeah, they got Nico's been doing it. Nico. I haven't seen any of the new ones. And again, I'm not bagging. Again, as much as I, I will honestly admit, I don't really care for that that much. Would I do it? Fuck yeah, I'd do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I would bring my brand to it. Right. I love Oliver. I've known Oliver for years. Uh, Chris and those guys. I used to cringe at the way they would talk to people. Mm -hmm. But then I got to pull myself out of my way. That ain't me. I don't talk to people that way. So every there's room for everybody's different brand. We don't yeah. all taste like salt, man. Yeah, exactly. Some of us are pepper and cinnamon and other or a little nice sweeter spices. Or whatever. You know, and it is what it is. Yeah. You know? And I, I remember people, oh, you're that you're the guy that gets mad all the time on the I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm like I, I've so never, fucking chill. I've never thought that. Well, in LA, but it ink because I was always arguing with that fucking broad that was on there. Yes. And that yeah. was production. They yeah. thought it was cool to have some dipshit fucking helper. And even the producers, I used to tell them, like, dude, that's nothing new. Mm -hmm. We always find some knucklehead to come be a helper. But the good ones, they they retain shit and they learn something and yep. they stick around. Right. You know? 
this girl is just being obnoxious. And in our culture, if you've seen it on reality TV, even all the reality other other reality shows, yeah. there's a certain ingredient that they do to all of them. Mm-hmm. And it just keeps like, oh, what are we going to do? We've got this obstacle to get through. It's so it's so dumb. Yeah. I could get through anything. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm, well, trust me, I'm not asking for something, but right, I've, right, right. I've had so much insane shit happen in a fucking tattoo shop. I oh, feel yeah, like I, I can I get bet, anything. Dude. And I our bet. helpers are our prized possessions. They should be able to fix, figure out, anticipate everything. Mm-hmm. Right, right. You know? Do you ever argue with, did you ever argue with the producers and say like, because I remember saying this, I was like, the reality of the way it is, is just as good or not better than what you're trying to create. hundred percent. Right yeah. yeah. The authenticity is going to show through way more. And even like, like I said, when they would make me do double or triple takes on reactions because they wanted a more emotional reaction out of me for something. And I thought my reaction was like someone would react in real life. Like, I'm just like, they wanted me to react to the new shop and they wanted me like, wow it's fucking amazing and all this stuff i'm like yeah it's pretty cool oh you got the new thing yeah whatever yeah, yeah. but it's like you want to embellish on your personality and then it pulls you outside of your natural self true and i hate that i'm I a dark like, fucking negative creep sometimes yeah. i know i sound but i am and i'm not i was like oh that's my favorite oh this is, i'm way more cynical than that yeah exactly like, Fuck, I liked punk rock, so fuck everything else for years. As I got older, I was like, oh, wow, these other things are good, too. But, you know, we're all different, man. Yeah. We're all different flowers. You know, we're all going to, we all got different colors. And we all got different scents, and, and we all do different things to people. And I think some people don't realize when they're criticizing something or it should be this way. You know, it's like the old Dr. Seuss. We're not all star-bellied sneeches, man. If we were all the same, oh, fuck. Right. Or oh, that'd be like me insisting, oh, you ain't cool unless you get tattooed. Oh, this is the stupidest shit in the world. Right. When we used to get tattooed, it was to stand out, to be an outcast. Exactly. And now the guy with no tattoos is, is the... almost like the original guy in the room. Yeah. It's like, what's that guy thinking about? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? I almost don't I'm trust almost someone in, with yeah, no I'm tattoos. Yeah, almost like, hey, let's, I want to talk to that guy. He's got nothing on him. It's almost more interesting. No, you know? for sure. And then... um. It's like there's so many people, even that tell me directly, there's people that tell me I'm ruining the fucking industry. There's people that say that. And it's crazy to me because I'm like, oh, they're like, oh, tattooing's on a downtrend. It's it's going away. It's 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 shitting the bed. It's- Turn off your fucking computer if that's what you feel. And I don't know how they could be so pessimistic about the situation because from my point of view, it's it's literally doing this. It's literally inflating. The industry's getting bigger. Well, that is bad to some people because some people aren't that talented and it makes them feel intimidated. Mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. Not, I'm not bagging you or saying quit, but that's how it is. I'm a drummer. I see dudes all the time that could fucking blow me away. Right. Dude, I'm never going to be as good as Danny Carey, the dude from Tool. Right. I'm never going to be as good as a lot of people. But is that but supposed to stunt if your you passion listen for to it? that, no, but I still even stumble on that. Okay. You know, I, yeah. I was telling you earlier, um, something I'm really proud of. I've been friends with James from Metallica. I've tattooed him a few times. Right. They called me last week to tattoo him. Well, oh, yeah, sure, love to. Well, hang on, I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm not worthy. Oh my God, there's so many guys that are better than me. Like, I hate admitting this, man. That's crazy that you feel like that, though, because he's. Fuck yeah, I feel that way. Dude, that's why. And then I have to remind myself every musician isn't the fucking greatest one. They're the ones, they're what they are. They're that flavor. The flavor. Dude, I'm talking about two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. And I talked to you, James, 20 years ago. I'm using this as an example, but. And 
I'm actually kind of glad I'm that way because I've also met dudes like, I got this dude. I've been fucking, I've been good for 20 mm-hmm. years. I'm great. And then fuckers stopped getting good 20 years ago. Yep. And that's nice that they're awesome in their own mind and they can navigate this world. Sometimes I wish I could that way. Oh, fuck, dude. I am the most negative. Yeah. I think I suck. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I admire all these other good people. Yeah. I'll go to... All my guys in here too. We're all that. We all look at each other's stuff. We, you know, we like to learn from each other. Um, it's good to humble yourself. But uh, back to that. You know, being on the show, just because they picked you to do that, mm-hmm. I learned too. They can pick you somebody to do that because you're talented. They can pick somebody to do that because you're non-talented. Right. Some people with way less talent can thrive in that industry because yep. they are. Oh, that's my favorite. Oh, that's my best. Oh, I did this. Or they can say controversial shit. Yep. yep. I hope they're getting paid for it because they got to land back in the reality world eventually. Dude, and that, a lot of the guys I talked to on the show I was on, they would almost say that after you do it for so long, even in your own life, the lines get blurred between what's reality and what's uh, the TV show mm-hmm. because so many people in the world are reacting to your life based on the show. So what is really real anymore? And then you have these relationships with people on the show and you'll do a scene and you kind of, you know, it's for the show, but then you're kind of like, was that a little real? Because that felt a little real. And then it gets a little weird because like, you don't know what's I real I made anymore. a point. I remember telling the producers this and they all rolled their eyes like, oh, what the fuck's he even talking about? But I guess it's my age. I remember going on the show and this is what I was thinking. I'm going to just pretend I'm invisible. Though, so what do you mean? I'm <laughs> yeah. just going to ignore the cameras. That way I could be myself. There was an old Dustin Hoffman movie, Little Big Man. Mm-hmm. And he was hanging around this old senile fucking war chief, an Indian. And there's a battle going on between the cavalry and the Indians. And it's like, oh, fuck, how are we going to get out of this? And the old senile Indian chief saw just pretend you're invisible. Yeah. And they're on this horse and they're all, we're invisible. And they're rolling through the middle of this battle and arrows and bullets and everything's flying through and they're like, we're invisible. So that was your plan behind it. And, was, and, I, and I'm like, that's yeah, that's funny. my plan. I'm just going to be invisible. And they're all like, yeah, whatever. And like, they didn't even get it. But honestly, that was kind of my trip. I yeah. just said, I'll stick to, stick to what I know, be myself. And that way, if I'm successful at it, I don't have to act. I don't have to fake right. it anymore. I'll just be myself. Right. You know, and uh, somebody gave me that advice. And if, if I'm not right, I, of all people, it was uh, Jesse James. Oh, wow. He's an old bike guy. And I say, hey, dude, I'm going to do this TV thing. What do you think? He's like, fuck yeah, do it, man. He's like, fuck fame. I just wanted money. That's what Jack <laughs> used to yeah. say. And good for him. And, you know, that was an honest thing. And, and even now, like as a craftsman, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of people have their opinions on that guy. I only met him because I tattooed him. Yeah. uh, Well, he's doing great, though. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah. But he's not doing great just because he's fucking yes, man, this and that. He's doing great because he goes out in his garage every day and fucking hand forges shit. And he's an artist. Yeah, he walks the talk. Metallica for that fucking same example. Those guys are, you know, people say, oh, you sold out. Yeah, fuck no. We got more T-shirts. We ain't done yet. I remember telling him that once. Mm-hmm. So fuck that shit, dude. He goes, if we were selling out, we'd play the same shit that was a hit every time. We take experiments. We do stuff. Yeah, you got to. to They're true to what they fucking believe in. Right, right. They, not just those persons, but people that survive. Yeah. That's why I've been successful, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, the sky can still fall. Right. But uh, like I said, when you came in here, I, I just show up every day, man. Yeah. 
And I didn't need to jump through hoops. I didn't even have a sign out front for 10 fucking years. Yeah, and that's crazy. And then LA Inc. was showing up like, I better get a sign. Yeah. I literally could have signed out there know where I'm like at. three I'm right days here. before. And that was only because someone said that. And looking back, what a fool I would have been. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That kind of branding in our culture in America, if you can do that, you know, I would have done shit way bif- way different now looking back. like, I, What do you I, think you would have changed? Because uh, you had it the way you had it, and that was not probably comfortable for you. Not to be a dick, and but... for all those people that love me for being old school, I'm going to say the cheesiest thing. I would have got a fucking agent. Right. <laughs> and a fucking lawyer that was more aggressive. Because why should these guys that are businessmen capitalize and make all these millions of dollars off of our trade why not us right and especially if they're not going to give you your piece for what you're the role yeah you're and they don't and i, I realize too they're not maliciously fucking you they're opportunistically fucking a hundred percent yeah and you they, know, there's, a, there's an the evil fact. guy that knows hey this isn't worth shit and i'm going to sell it for this and then there's guys like well i found this i know this is worth this but someone comes up and offers you an astronomical yeah you know, it it depends on how the ethics you have. Yeah. You know, so but hey man, you know, if you ain't hurt nobody and you're I don't know, it's such a weird thing to to talk about this. Like like I said, I've been tattooed. this is all I've done. I tattoo yeah. and I play drums. Yeah. And I'm fifty six. Right. I'm like three bands now Jeez, and I still dude. tattoo, you know, four or five days a week. You know? Four or five days a week still is crazy because yeah, and a lot of people watch the shows and shit, and then it became like glamorous to be a tattoo artist. They make money, they have fun, they meet new people. That's it's so a creative job. It. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It because then I get people that'll get tattooed by me that get in so inspired that they want to start tattooing, right? And I'm like, I mean, you can, but I mean, well, some people are just try. glamorous. Yeah. I, you can say all that, but I'm not. Yeah. Dude, I've worked out there. I didn't, fuck, I, I saved all that fucking money. I I, I, just, I did I didn't go fucking party I didn't go hang out and get into the Hollywood mix There was a few things you got dragged into that was fun Like I met fucking Lemmy Damn Hanging out yeah. Because he was there to get tattooed by Kat Von D Fuck. I met Dave Grohl that way just in proximity. Do you think I want to take away those fucking uh, experiences One time fucking we're back there And I walk in Kat's room And this dude's sitting on the ground He's like Corey <laughs> And it's fucking Dave Grohl And I'm like no and he's like what i go we can't do it that way i'm gonna leave the room and then i'm gonna come back in and he goes okay so i walk out and i come back and i go dave (laughs) and he's smiling just like fuck dude i mean i still i get a little giddy i'm a little punk rocker and dave we're probably around the same age i was like the 80s punk scene nirvana was a whole different phenomenon but i saw nirvana back in the day and uh aside from what dave grohl has become yeah but dave was that he was into Hollywood. Right. He was around Kat because she was coming up. She was into all that. Mm-hmm. I'm such a fucking introverted fuck, dude. I went there and worked. Right. But back to the thing, being in there, I would never take those experiences away. No. Or even sitting there with Lemmy, dude, with his little fucking halo on his nose and the fucking stench of the whiskey in that fucking cup. Trust me, I sat down there and I remembered what my old tattoo people told me. Shut the fuck up. Keep your ears open, mouth shut. Right. And, you know, that was 20 years before, but I'm talking to Lemmy right now. Yeah, I'm going to open my mouth. I'm going to fucking... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait till I say something good. I tried to, but I just ended up just shutting up. And he was the nicest guy. He was telling me all these crazy stories about musicians and, and how much he hated heroin and how coke and speed were good. and But heroin killed people. And it, I mean, again, how do I get on this point? 
as 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 facade-ish and fake that maybe these TV shows were. Fuck, dude. I met one of the greatest legends of fucking rock and roll in there, yeah. fucking Lemmy. Yeah. And Dave and uh I wouldn't I wouldn't change those things for the fucking world. Well, it's cool to kind of combine both of your passions because in a, this situation you get the tattoo, but then you're also meeting people that were rockers that you really looked up to and stuff. Yeah, and I had just... tattooed the guys from uh, uh, James from Metallica before I was ever on TV, Tony Stewart uh, some sports and how'd you, guys. how'd you originally meet those guys? Were they in town and they just they just came in because I was me. Mm -hmm, sure. That was, I guess, back to what you first asked. How did it change? Yeah, you know, this shop is twenty eight years old. Crazy. And I had a shop for a few years before that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and and La Inc was only three years out of my life. Yeah, yeah. But let's be honest. I don't want to discount and say, oh, that was just a small slice. No, it was three years, but it was fucking three well, years on 10 like, yeah dude and it yeah. was in front of everybody's eyes you know one of the hard things was i had a lot of respect and i still do yeah i remember after the shows there was cats coming out and doing some podcasts or internet interviews okay fuck these shows all these guys on tv and blah 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 motherfucking it motherfucking and where are they at they're on a smaller tv Mm -hmm. that everybody has in their pocket right right yeah. <laughs> you're doing the same thing yeah if oh anything, this isn't cool but it's that. cool now and oh i i remember a guy telling me that he came to my shop one day he says yeah you fucked up when you went on the show i'm like oh really you Dude, know and that's some bold i wanted statement. to smack him one because i'm in my shop but also comfortable enough it's like you punk yeah you go sit down and get tattooed by my homie there and i'm gonna get a percentage of your fucking thing and <laughs> Yeah. that's a little who, who's, shallow who's but really it, winning though like yeah and i go and and why are you here you yeah. know you're mm -hmm. you're in my shop but and i said how did i fuck up he says well you know people used to respect you because you were old school this and that and blah 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 but i i remember it, it did it did kind of fucking it, it chapped me but uh only for a second and i was thinking this guy's a fucking moron yeah and i don't fucking... know who he is haven't heard of him since he got a tattoo he's in here getting tattooed by a guy that works for me. Right. That is specifically came in here to work for me yep. because he appreciated, he'd known me for longer before. But the smart ones, they love that shit. It's like, hey, dude, we're getting eyes on the shop. Yep. 100%. Yeah. And I can only tattoo one person. Dude, I refer work to all my guys all the time. Oh, yeah. That's how, that's how it works. That's how I do the shop now. And it's like that. And people want to say, oh, you're swimming in it. You know what? I ain't swimming in shit out here. If here's a funny thing for the first, for years and i kind of blowing it now but the old school way is like this before there was five shops on every fucking city or 10 right you know people used to say oh how's upland i go oh it sucks <laughs> and that was an old thing that i old learned trick. off of old guys oh yeah. it's terrible out there yeah, you don't want to no come out here you no don't want to come out well the truth of it is there's not this is fucking mayberry this is not la there's yeah. nobody walking around on the streets here right They've only come here. I've been tattooing in this town since I was in high school. Yeah. And that's maybe where I got that thought that, oh, I'm something special. I'm not. There's tons of dudes in different schools. Even you, dude, 20 years later. Yeah. Probably a lot of the similar shit. Yeah. We're not that unique. Right. How we carry ourselves and our tastes maybe are. But uh, that's about it, man. We're, we're just fucking humans. And humans are really a lot alike. Yeah. But I used to tell people for years fuck upland sucks don't come here you know that's hilarious and the whole reason was was just to keep people away because you yeah. don't want people opening up now yeah you know? do you think that a lot of your clientele was traveling to you most of the time before the show dude um i'm so proud of this and i, I, I 
for my own ego, I, I remember this and it makes makes me feel good. Like I said, I was tattooing James. I remember yeah, when, before I, when I got show. on the show, yeah. hey, James, will you come on the show? Yeah. I, I texted him. He's like, no way, daddy-o. <laughs> no TV show. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. Because I was like, that, that would have been, been the that been great. shit. You, know? you immortalized the moment on the show and but shit. But James is a very pretty introverted cat too. Yeah. And, uh, and that's his baby. And, and I know how those guys are. They don't. As as well as being one of the biggest bands in the world, I don't. Right. They don't cheaply exploit themselves. They're mm -hmm. a fucking rad, fucking tight unit. And again, I'm not Mr. Heavy Metal fan. I'm a little punk rocker. Right. I'm a, yeah, there's a difference. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's fine. But as you grow, even that punk rock's a good example. How being into that growing up, it kept me away from so much other music. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, I started realizing. That clicky shit fucks you up because yeah. I wasn't listening to Black Sabbath. I wasn't listening to Led Zeppelin and all these, uh, you know, Thin Lizzy. Well, I actually was listening to some of that. Just but, because uh, it was a different genre. Because, not because it, was it was bad a, music yes. or nothing like that. And then it, uh, also another example with punk rock, you could do so good the second you fucking make it. Oh, you traitor, you sell out. It's, it's a lot like this. Yeah. But look back now, you know, look at the bands like Green Day. I remember when Green Day came out, I didn't like them. Right. Because... Of, well, why? Because of that. Because they weren't for the 80s punk rock scene. They didn't do enough drugs. They weren't fuck-ups. Yeah. They were successful. Yeah. As I grew and got older and actually met some of the guys later in life, but it wasn't just meeting them. It was just calm your own fucking hills. This is the reality. They were older. They still loved your music. They loved this stuff. And even if you want to hold yourself to the 80s, same thing with the tattooing. Punk. There was punk rock shit going on in the 60s right. and 70s. Yeah. You know, and oh no, it was us. No, it wasn't. Th that time of that is for all of us was when we're young and impressionable. Yeah. And I think that's when it. And like I said, the nostalgia makes you feel like it's a special time to you so much so that if anyone's trying to rag on it or say anything different, it's really eating at who you really are. Or they say that about tattooing. It's, it's not like it was. Yes, it is, especially yeah. to these new guys. Right. A lot of guys don't want to hear that from me. And I've argued with some of the guys on my. No, bro, it was different back then. I go. Of course it was different, but dude, so were we. Yeah. Remember when we were 20 and we were looking at these guys and they were all scary? Mm -hmm. I go, if you shut up right now and don't smile, you look like a tough guy too. But yeah. I know you, bro. We're not mean. We yeah. have babies. Now you're giggling like, and shit. Dude, you're I, fucking you could put your baby in my baby arms and he would be kid. in a safe spot because yeah. I'm a father and I've raised my kids. But you know when you're young and you see these gnarly guys and they seem mm. all gnarly? Well, we're that now. Yeah. And if we weren't you know, nice and kind. Thing is, back then, I met a few of those guys, you know? I remember, like, I'm all over the place here, You're but it's reminding me of, like, Lyle Tuttle mm -hmm. and Dave Shore and Hanky Panky. These old... Hanky Panky's a historian, a treasure to this fucking world. Yep. And uh, he's old school and shit. Lyle Tuttle's been around forever. I have some of these newer guys and mid-range guys, like, bagging, you know, dude, shouldn't do this to this culture and blah, blah, blah. Dude... Lyle Tuttle told me, he said, fuck, dude, take it all the way. Mm -hmm. Buy real estate. Buy this real is, estate. I go, Lyle, we're not making that kind yeah, of money. Yeah. He's like, that's right. Just tell him. Don't tell him how much you're making. Because that's it. Like, no, I'm serious. No, we're yeah. not. Well, it's like. He's but, like, I know you're paying. Them and even Hanky Panky, I remember he wrote this thing. And he kind of motherfucked a lot of people in the shows. I'm like, oh, no. And I had a good relationship with Hank. And I'm like, fuck, he released this encyclopedia. And I fuck i wonder if i'm in here oh and i was shit. so scared 
And I'd open it and it says, Corey Miller. Yeah, Corey tattooed with us back in the 90s and brought the new style of black and gray. And it was like complimentary. I'm like, oh Thank my God. God, it meant so much to me. Yeah. And I did. I asked. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, I don't want to stir up the pot and I don't want to, you know, this is a good thing. And I really appreciate you acknowledging me, but I had to ask. Yeah. Because there was other people that I knew at the time doing this shit that they were openly fucking and saying, fuck these guys for doing this. Oh, God. And I'm like, why aren't you saying that about me, Hank? Yeah, and I don't know if it was because you know you're it was Dave in that Shore. same camp. Like, and it was Dave you... Shore who said this. Dave, and Hank, not that Hank wouldn't. I don't know Hank's opinion, but Hank has always been kind to me, and I fucking I love that guy. And we all owe people like Hank and Pinky and Lyle Tuttle the deepest gratitudes because sure. they've carried this traditions forever. But I remember Dave telling me so because you never talked shit on anybody. Mm. You've always just done your thing. You never apprenticed. You came up your own streetway. You can't really give this business a black eye, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah. Because I'm not saying I disrespect it, but most of the cats I learned from, Mike Brown, he's, fuck, you know, he was clean at the end of his life, but he, he, he drugs got him eventually. Gil, you know, the drugs, the dope, the fucking hustles. And yeah. These guys, they're not saints. Yeah, that was, the, that was the lifestyle that they were living, but that's not even something to put on a pedestal like everybody's no, doing. not you know? if you're really acknowledging for what it is. Yeah, and especially yeah. in, like, a newer generation as time goes by. Um, I mean, some people would argue that, like, the world is getting, like, less masculine or more feminized, but it's also the it fact that— It might be that, for some. No, yeah. for sure, 100%. But then there's also the factor that people are just— you know, being nicer to each other in some respects and knowing that if you're a tattoo artist, you don't have to be the salty guy. You could also be the professional and uh, very wise at what you do and all this stuff and to come off in a totally different energy than they're used to. Even when I was building my shop, I was trying to make sure that the energy when you walked in, I mean, if a surgeon walked in, if a, it, it doesn't matter who walks in, a police officer could walk in, they'll go in there and be like, wow, this is inviting, it's clean, I love it, all this stuff. And it's just bringing it into a new era where it's more accepting to everybody instead of just like handpicking who should and be. And it's part all of it. different. That's the beauty. Like last year when me and Freddie were promoting these, not on the same point, but it's kind of reminds me that me and Freddie were going around to different shops and introducing them mm-hmm. and, and doing little videos to promote the Ontario show we were yep. doing. And uh, like if you look at my shop, it's kind of a parlor. It's got mm-hmm. the old school look to it. It's got flash a little bit. Oh, it's classic. It's classic. But then we were going into some of these homie shots with these dudes doing beautiful fucking tattoos, black and gray, like some gangster cats, like Mr. Sleeps, mm-hmm. uh, Big Sleeps. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, I'm so bad with names, but all these, there's a few Chicano shops that we went into. Dude, these guys are straight gangsters, and they mm-hmm. were. And they've, sure, they've gotten out of it. Yeah. And they found a career and a better life, and they're moving forward and they're making something. A lot of these guys that I saw, this is my perspective on it. I think a lot of their lifestyles growing up has been held back as a Chicano in California or the stigma that they chose to be in or they mm-hmm. grew into. Right. was like this dark stigma and everything. So I think when they started finding success in tattooing, mm-hmm. they might have even appreciated it more. Right, right. And then not only that, like I was going into some of these shops, I go in there, white walls, looks like a gallery, a chandelier, porcelain counters i mean it's fucking dialed dude it is but nice. these yeah. dudes in there are fucking they're hardcore it's like they're a like, contrast between the two yeah it's a yeah. And, and again uh it's funny walking out there's there's some people say oh yeah bro you're sc- but your shop's old school you're just a real deal i'm like mm-hmm. hey dude those guys are fucking real people yeah 
they are just holding it up this this jewel and not only that they're not holding it up by the way they've decorated and putting the money that they're making into the they're shop. actually good they're fucking getting they're down it. doing this beautiful fucking mm-hmm. tattooing man mm-hmm. so i think my point is uh look at look at that that's the street that comes from the street that's hood right you fuckers want to sit there and talk and pretend you're that you're not you didn't grow up in a gang right you haven't fucking put in work some of these dudes have done hardcore shit mm-hmm. you know my thing i was never a criminal i was drugs were like a really big part of my whole industry sure. the guys i learned from yeah. and all of that but thank god some of them died i saw what it brought them and thank goodness i just said well yeah like is that what i want for me. me yeah you know and even though i got my hero lyle tuttle showing up hey bro how you doing lyle it's better to visit from the pope you know lyle's coming in to visit yeah, me right. after all these yeah. years hey you need some water you want a coffee hey, got any tequila you know and, still and the shit and yeah. everything else and i was like this is stuff i decided i, I won't do anymore but Dude, some dudes are built like that. Yeah. And respect them. We can't all be that way. So you want to praise yourself and praise the old school and romanticize it? Well, step up. Yeah. Get in the gutter. Yeah. And, it, and the thing <laughs> is, ruin too, yourselves. Right. Ruin yourself. <laughs> you won't, a lot of you do won't that. last. If you, if you want to do it, you could do Go that. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. And I think that now it's like, um, for some of those guys, it's kind of like people that go into the NFL and stuff and they've been training their whole life for the NFL. That's all they know. And then they get injured and they get out. They don't know nothing else. They don't know how to yeah, take yeah. care of themselves. They don't know how to, they, they created bad habits. They're used to having this big money and now it's all gone. Right. And I think with tattooing and stuff is like, you get so tunnel visioned on just tattooing. Cause it's, it requires so much of you and guys like to brag about like, Oh, I do seven days a week. I do fucking 15 hour days and I'm fucking banging it out. I'll go to 5.00 AM. I don't give a fuck. And it's like, cool. And it sounds good for like the hustle or whatever, but you're neglecting every other part of your life and your health and everything else. Your body's flapping in the wind, your back hurts. You're constantly having health issues. And it's like, you're going to feel that even more when you get older. And especially if you keep those same habits, it's going to be even worse on you. So I think now some people, including myself, I'm blessed to have had tattooing pull me out of all the shit that I was being influenced by before. And now I have this opportunity to like, I don't want to just tattoo. I want to, I want to like get that full circle, like whatever makes you feel good and makes you most effective and just focus on that shit that you can control in your life instead of just putting it all in your eggs in one basket and just feeling the shit from yeah. that later you know well, a lot of stuff you're saying is stuff that i saw later as yeah. i look back on it and was right. you know and i trust me i burned the candle at both ends sure yeah. i still do on the me natch too. i don't i don't mess with hard drugs anymore but you know it's funny like i can humbly say i appreciate hearing it from a younger dude mm. because you're geared a lot of guys are just working but you're geared to observe so mm-hmm. it's funny watching you pay attention to that that's gonna make you a better dude it, it really is or I'm not necessarily a better human. It's just going to, you've, you're observing this. You're paying attention to your past. Yeah. So you can use it for your future. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Even when I'm, uh, when I was opening my shop, I mean, I worked in a few shops that were a couple were like high end shops, street shops. And I learned a lot from the street shops, learned a lot from the middle tier appointment only type vibe. And then I learned a lot from the really high end shops. Like they charge a lot. The shops crazy, nice and all this stuff. But what I learned is like taking all the good stuff from that and then tossing the bad stuff, right? So by the time I went and did it, I had a really good understanding about what was most effective. And then not only that, I think because I didn't feel it much in other shops, I wanted to be like super supportive of the artist and super supportive of the experience of the clients and stuff. And I know this is a new way of doing it, but... Not really. 
Yeah. No, I don't think it is new. Um, I think because I remember coming up, not everybody was like that. I used to work with Suzanne Fowser, uh, this lady from Ann Arbor, Michigan. She mm. was one of the first tattoo artists I met, and I, that got me traveling. Uh, late 80s, early 90s, I used to go back there to Michigan. Sure. And it was different. She, although she was introducing me to the hardcore guys, every the Philadelphia Eddies and the fucking uh, Gilmanis and the the tattoos everybody was in the magazines in the early 90s suzanne knew all them but uh it was trippy suzanne came her history was she was a school teacher and she said fuck this and moved to hollywood yeah got around cliff raven in the 70s and learned how to tattoo damn i mean fuck the balls on her she had a degree and everything and she wanted to do that but she also took back what she learned that old school mentality in the 70s was way different for a man mm -hmm. for a woman so so many bikers involved yeah but uh, I remember going back there and working, and it was so different because it was a woman's shop. Everybody different energy was comfortable. then. Oh, yeah. Everybody was yeah. nice to each other. Right. But you've pissed off fucking Suzanne. Boy, you, she was the one that told me, yeah, you just keep your fucking mouth shut and your ears open. We'll see if you last, you know? <laughs> but, oh, my God, she turned out. I named my daughter after her. I love her really? so much. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that speaks volumes. Yeah, she's been dead for over 21 years now. Damn. That, and that's weird to think about that. Some of it's such a big part of your life. Mm -hmm. But I still think about every day. That's that lady back there. Oh, wow. But, uh, yeah, you know, at the end of the day, that we're all going to be different. That's what makes it good. Yeah. You know, it does hurt. It, it, it bugs me for tattooing when I hear some of the old times. Oh, it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be as good as it was. Well, it's just going to be different. Yeah, different, different. And it's like a lot more people involved and stuff, but I think that's better for everybody at the end of the day. And that's gonna, there's gonna be a lot more stragglers, a lot more people that are just like barely trying to do tattoos just because it's so available. And they I think could there just... always was. You know, I have sure. a popular mechanics magazine over there from the 40s or 50s. And on the back of those magazines, yeah. And dude, popular mechanics, that was like the internet of the day. That's yeah, what everybody yeah. fucking read housewives, businessmen, mm -hmm. uh, blue collar people. On the back pages on there, fucking Owen Jensen Tattoo Supply, twelve fifty for tattoo machines. That long ago. Because it That's was crazy. a fucking trade. Yeah. And these guys, oh, there's tattoo shops, there's five now. Well, there was fucking 20 of them down at the Pike. Yeah, right. And a lot of these guys are saying this to scare people off. It's like, or I think, or, or just. That's got to be what it is. I don't know. Or it's that's like, just dude, their perspective it's, on it. History always repeats itself. Yeah. And there, there's more people. Right. There's more people getting tattooed. Yeah. There's, it's not a matter of cutting up the pie. And there's not one style now. There's so many different styles. Now, the reality of that, like a lot of guys, I've heard old timers say, well, no, it's, it's so thin. We don't have work. Well, part of the sad thing is, it's just that you have an old product. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, right. uh, Freddie Negretti, great example. I'd rather talk about something positive. You know, Freddie came up in the street, but that dude is always adapting. And sure. he's always trying to do new stuff in his wheelhouse, in that black and gray sure. realm. But for an old guy that I look up to and uh, that were my mentors, fuck, dude, it dude just keeps getting better. Dude, Freddie's work is is competing with some of the best new guys. But now sure. I can look back at Freddie. Yeah. And uh, I remember the first time I worked with Freddie 30 years ago. I was set to go in a tattoo land booth and... He fucking kind of pushed me out. No, Veteranos only. And I got pushed to the side because I was a youngster. I was like, fuck. Yeah. But Dick Worsaki, who worked there too, says, no, Corey, you work the booth. I'm going to go in my room. I'm like, no, I don't want to make waves, man. No, this is our booth. But it was Freddie Negretti. Yeah. And even though it was 1991, 
fuck it. All respect to the fucking main dude. I ain't going to get in the way. He's sure. going to, he took my seat. Well, I took dicks. And uh, it's funny. I was just talking about that the other day. I don't even know if Freddie remembers. Freddie used to be a lot different person. He was a fucking gangster. He's oh, yeah. been through trials yeah. and tribulations. Sure. But one thing I noticed about Freddie, he's always been kind to, and he's all to the artist and he's always appreciated it. Like I said, even about the LA Inc thing, all my heroes and mentors were talking so much shit. Yeah. And uh, he didn't. Mm-hmm. He was actually supportive. Super he says, supportive. "Fuck yeah, Holmes." And he even said on TV, "I would do that shit myself." Yeah. Because I don't know, maybe it's because we never apprenticed, or not to thin it. And 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 that's the thing too. Even people apprentice, you got to apprentice, you got to do everything. No, you don't. What do you think? This the is the, one of the biggest hustles. People learn how to tattoo in fucking caves. Yeah. They've learned how to tattoo in prison. Yeah. You're gonna hold that on a pedestal, dude. That's survival. Yeah. You know, and some people were smart. Mm-hmm. And went and took an apprenticeship or had the opportunity to. But just because you didn't, that doesn't, to me, that don't mean shit. What do you think? The, doesn't mean I don't respect it either. Do you think the apprenticeship also, like, especially the really old school way of apprenticing? It depends. There's a bunch of clowns that fucking think they know what they're doing because yeah. they fucking saw some guy be disrespectful and right. yell at somebody for not mopping exactly. the floor. That's what I'm getting at. Yeah. It's, it's like a it's vicious cycle. It's such a deluded vision yeah. of what they had. Right. When there was really... Dude, I remember back when I was a kid, there was a shop. It was the sister shop of Tattoo uh, Gallery in Puente. It was Fat George and Fat Mike. Okay. Both of these dudes were the most uncharming, fucked up people. <laughs> they were just fucking mean and rude. And street bikers and drugs everywhere. You go out to San Bernardino, and San Bernardino is a fucking rough place yeah, anyway. Yeah, for sure, yeah. But I remember going in there. Looking back, I don't know if it was because they were on some good speed or they were just good, but... Looking back, I remember how clean the shop was. All the bottles were organized. It smelled like a tattoo shop. Yep. Everything was fucking... Dude, even though these guys couldn't tell it too that well, mm-hmm. they're doing old hand stencils, they still had that really buried craft of apprenticeship. Right. So I respect the fuck out of that. And there is a part of me that really regret. Like, oh, man, I wish I could have had that. Even when I worked at Tattoo Land. Yeah. Early 90s, sure. there's Jack Rudy, uh, you know, Mark Mahoney had worked there, Mike Brown, who's a great tattooer. Yep. I'm working with these fucking, like, geniuses, but it was dysfunction junction because at the same time, it was trippy. Eddie, uh, Freddie went up to Ed Hardy's. Now, out of yeah. the Ed Hardy school or the shops was way different. Even though our work t- appealed to me better and Jack was doing portraits and the lettering was so fucking bomb. It was like dysfunction junction up at Ed's. You learned how to do something. You learned why you did it. And the, this arch, archival quality that came with it in administrative. Cause he's a brilliant fucking man. For sure. So he was passing that on Jack. It was like free for all. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what you're doing Holmes. Yeah. Do that. And it was, we would just do it. You know what I'm saying? It was different. percent. Yeah. No, is one better than the other? Fuck no. Yeah, they are what they are. Do you think Freddie going to work with Ed Hardy? Do you think that helps shape him to kind of Of see shit now? You know, well, yeah. Or that was just the path that he was going to. Or they aligned because it aligned with the way he was already feeling. He was the dude that fucking wanted to learn more. So Mm -hmm. I think that's just Freddie's character. Yeah, just like now, like he gets involved with the uh, the Bishop Rotaries. Mm -hmm. He don't give a fuck what people think. Yeah, right. You want to talk about shit that. 
want to judge him over shit. Talk about his old days as a gangster and shit. You and know? it's funny how no everyone wants to, could hate on like him just being so open minded in the industry, but then totally forget like the actual crazy shit that he has done in a way that's like you don't rag on him for that, but you rag on him for this. It's just it's a bias thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a bias it, thing. You follow, you pay attention to what you're saying too much. It can get very hypocritical very quick. Dude, you I know? hate that. I yeah, well, that. it's it's just something to observe and you know maybe try to maybe ref- self reflect and you might realize yep. wow i even do that sometimes so you just want to yep. be a better person you know yeah yeah I, I always say that i always talk openly about drugs and bad shit mm-hmm. it's not to glorify it it's to remind myself mm-hmm. that that trap is still there it's like feasting on your folly mm-hmm. you know right. if you forget about it you're going to fucking return to it 100% you know? Or like the people that bag on shit. It's like that old biblical verse. If you keep looking at bad things, poke your eye out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you're damn near manifesting the keep bad Keep talking stuff. shit, bite your tongue. You know, yeah. if you keep touching bad shit, cut your hand off. Or touch it all. Suck it all in and look at it all. I don't know. It's just it's, it's going to get you where you're going. You yeah. Know? Some 100%. of us know our limits. Yeah. You know? Did you have a problem with drugs when you were younger? Yeah. Yeah. Well. Like. Yeah. I don't know if it was a problem, but it was something that I definitely, when I found out I was going to have kids, okay. it horrified me. And I said, oh, fuck, I got to quit. And yeah. thank God, that but was what the dr- one. But what drug? I, I, I loved methamphetamine yeah. and pills or acid, mushrooms, all sure. that shit, everything. Sure, sure, sure. It was the 80s. 100%, yeah. But that's, someone could have said, it's the 70s. It's the 60s. <laughs> yeah. you know, that was just my thing. No, I get it. Yeah. And the shops, every sh- shop I went into. I remember it was working, normal. I remember it wasn't demonized in Canada, that much either. You know, they're a little bit behind LA, so there's a big pile of coke behind the thing. Yeah. And, you know, working with Mark Mahoney, you know, it was like, you know, no disrespect. He's cleaned his life up too. Uh, you know, got, Lyle Tuttle did dope till he was old, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, it was it was serious. And there's even messages in my flash about a lot of that. Oh, really? Dirty 30. Mm. And, uh, you know, the, these tattoos I just talked about. There's yeah. a, there's a, a phoenix with these claws around it with the eyes you know like you and, and, a, and a dagger like with a knife through it yeah these were all messages just to myself to, to stop but i used drugs probably just probably because of my upbringing wanting to escape yeah and then the the natural i hate to say it well i don't hate to say it, it is what it is but it's not like this for everybody um but uh tattoo shop was hand in hand with that Dude, it was normalized. It wasn't demonized. So when you're talking about doing yeah, you these drugs, the shop and you all your friends do it. Yeah. So it's like, I get it. Totally. And you don't have to pay for them because everybody's a drug dealer and all that. It was funny when like shit changed. I remember doing a photo shoot in here and a, a guy was really pissed off that did the photo shoot. You didn't have any. There was no, I don't know, whatever they call it when they have a food tray, this and that and the other. I go, dude, fuck you, man. Fucking... <laughs> Motherfuckers, not everybody can show up. We don't just tattoo drug dealers anymore. We're yeah. tattooing blue collar workers. And you know, the last guys that shot in here, the old tattoo magazine, we gave them some pizza and beers and fucking weed, and they were happy, you know. Right. And this guy was complaining about this shit before he got here. So, you know, by the end of the night, he was, I'm sure, partied out more than he ever fucking wanted to be. Right. You should never you should never ask a host to be gracious. You should wait for it and then there figure it out later. Right. But uh you know, drugs just always came hand in hand with it. And and that's everybody's own personal ride. I can honestly tell you, I meet people that have never touched drugs. I just, wow, I 
I have this deep admiration. It's something I can never do because mm -hmm. I did it. Yeah. And once you know the feeling of what it was like and stuff, it's well, tough I to... just admire people that never did it. Yeah. It's like, really? Like, yeah. never? Like, oh, God. Or, or sober people. I admire that. I do mean, you think they had a different environment than you, though? Or do you think they were that strong that they could be around the same type of environment and not do it? Maybe. I don't know. I, it's hard to say. Yeah. My sisters grew up with me and they didn't turn that way. Mm -hmm. So I think the environment might have helped it. Yeah. You yeah. Know? But, uh, anybody that knows you know coming up in the late 80s and 90s there's just i don't maybe not maybe for some people there wasn't but yeah there was a lot of drugs because it also could be your viewpoint because that's the world you were kind of like in it was like the people i liked yeah yeah exactly around, so like know? from your point of view it, that was like you you see it a lot all this stuff but there's plenty of people that didn't see it there's plenty of people that were totally outside of it but again in tattooing back then it was just hand in hand right yeah, yeah yeah and i think it's not much has changed to be honest i think the only thing that changed is there's a lot of people doing drugs but they might keep it more low-key yeah there's i i notice there's a lot of people um you know especially tattooing long hours they like pills and and all this stuff and coke and they get on that and they might keep it a little more low key. They're not having like the pile of coke in the back break room, but they're definitely going to the bathroom and hitting the shit so that they could do a long tattoo session. See the kids do or the people do. It's a whole, di it really is. It's a different generation. Yeah. Like, cause I'm not hip. I don't go to the, I know that's a big thing in the scene these days and people got to be really careful, you know, not to change the subject, but it's where I was wondering like, wow, how is all this fentanyl shit happening? Yeah. Fentanyl Why would people want Put dope in a in a something that's gonna kill them. Yeah, because yeah. if you kill your client, you know it's kind of non-productive. Yeah. But then if somebody explained it to me. It's so addictive. Mm -hmm. They're putting it in the coke and other drugs just to be ruthless fucks and to get that sale to get you addicted. And to then it. they come back. They have to come back physically. You know? They have to come back to buy more because it's says their body ends up craving that. See, the only people I can preach to is my kids. Uh -huh. You know, my kids grew up, you know, I smoke weed still, and I like it. I never drank much as a kid. Thank God I was never an alcoholic. That's one of the worst ones. That's, Alcohol, the, wor that's the worst. Because and it's, it's legal. so accessible. Yeah. When you were going to go buy dope, you had to go, like, put yourself in a dangerous position. That was another thing with tattooing. They just bring it to you. Yeah. yeah. I used to joke, like, I don't need to go out. Fuck, people bring me whatever so I need. It's for right you here. To do it's it. in the cabinet. Yeah. It's in here. Right. That did change. So when I had kids, for some reason, I found out I was going to have kids. I, I actually, the only time I ever took a month off, I, mm -hmm. I went home. Mm -hmm. uh, my wife at the time bought me an easel, and I just came out of my head, and I fucking kicked. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't like a, I was a functioning well, user. I was going to ask, like, how and bad I was it? I learned from these guys how to do it. Yeah, and, like, like how bad was it? Because there had to be, I don't know how often or whatever, but, like, there had to be some sort of withdrawal. We went hard. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it was fucking really hard. Yeah. Horrible, right? Well, you know what? A lot of dope fiends will admit it, too. I've heard guys see guys get off kicking. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. It's just because you ain't ready. Yeah, Any yeah, drug, yeah. it really it physically takes usually a couple weeks. Yeah. It, it's more the mental thing. Yeah, the mental thing is what They even drags said meth wasn't physically addictive, but it sure as fuck was mentally. And you know what's crazy? I quit that shit 25 years ago. Then I went through some personal shit in my life. Sure. And I got divorced and uh, just a few years ago, and my kids were growing up, and man, that was a big part of uh, this kind of personal shit. But uh, it was a big part of me kicking. It was all the part of it because I had kids. But man, all that shit was gone. My life is better. I went through a divorce and this change, and it's weird, dude. It's like 
all the shit you left a long time ago, it just comes all right back around. Mm. I thought that was gone. And I oh, realized that yeah. fucker never left me. Yeah. Someone told me this the other day and it made sense. He goes, yeah, he was just back there doing push-ups, just waiting for you. <laughs> yeah. And dude, I went through this change recently and in like a tangible voice in my head, it's like, Man, you did your thing. You raised your kids. You did a good job. Now you're right. Yeah, it almost you throws you right back. You deserve it. You're divorced. You need. You just get. Yeah. You lost half your shit. You know, I'll give you the edge. Mm. You can work a little harder. Getting a little heavy there, bud. Here, I'll give you a little edge. Mm -hmm. You could fucking. You know, right. I'll give you a little edge. You could draw harder like you used to. Right. All this cunning. Right. And I, I too. I, there, I, it's like the devil, man. It's yeah, like, dude. Yeah. Like verbally. And dude, this was just a couple years ago. And I went through this thing in my head. And I'm like, fuck. And some people that I really trusted and looked up to it actually came through with these opportunities of getting back into the negative thing that I quit. Mm. And uh, for some reason, I, I, I was in this limbo because I accepted it. And I, I put some shit away. And I sat on it for a while. I could speak openly about it now. And it was weird. I was really nervous. I even told the, I told my kids who are adults and two band members. It's like, hey, I'm having these feelings. And they're like, why are you saying this? And I was setting myself up. Yeah. Like, because I know if I fuck up, I'm going to be an idiot. Yeah. So anyways, the whole point of this, that shit never goes away. Yeah. And I'll I, always dude. be addicted to it. I, I'll, I'll, I'll I dream about it. And you wake up. And thank God, like I said, that, that's, this was just a, within the last couple of years, I got past that hurdle. Yeah. And it's like, okay, new deal. I want to, I want to know and my grandkids. There you go. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. I do have to accept in Lyle, I'll, I'll never be like you. I'm not going to be able to be 70 years old and doing a fucking line of crank as much as I'd love to. Right. Right. You know, and it, it's just, uh, it's just is what it is. You know? Yeah. No, it's crazy that how like you thought you almost like fully changed as a person when your kids came in but really it just lulled it to sleep because something took priority over it yeah and you gotta and be careful because it's 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 still there waiting for you and it probably always will it probably hit you hard after all that change because like you you had never it's been so long since you felt like okay now your kids are grown and gone and I then you nobody had nobody to answer to anymore I'm and that freedom now. even though you daydream about it throughout your life while you're it it's dangerous. It's like the devil's oh, playground, yeah. right? Like now, well, I still what do you got do? homies right here. Is a, a friend of mine that I knew in school. He's dead. <laughs> He's just died. Fuck. He OD'd on fucking fentanyl. I'm like, wow, oh, there shit. you go, bro. It'll still kill you. And even if you yeah. have those examples of like, obviously, there's no. Well, there's way. Mike Brown. There's yeah. fucking, you 100%. know. So they remind you. Yeah. And hey, so yeah, I could die in a car wreck too. So, you know. I would advise people not to do drugs. I like them, you know. Like even now, it's so popular to do mushrooms and shit. And I think, are you yeah. into that? Oh, I always was. Yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. I think mushrooms is is dope, and I think it. And obviously, you're. I'm a different person though. It's different when you're 19. Uh -huh. Yeah. You know, fucking bad going seeing Black Sabbath. And having, well, there's recreational, and then, being and then a there's 56 like intentional. Year old, yeah. Right, because I think with mushrooms, especially or anything that's kind of like that. Whatever your intention going into it with is kind of the experience you're going to have. If you want to have this like uh, fun, just trippy fucking experience where you're just like doing it recreationally, you could do that. Or you could also people use it to, you know, shake their perspective a little bit and uh, kind of shake it. Oh, loose. yeah. I hear these scientific reasonings for all the drugs these days. I'm like, wow. That's oh, it's real. Yeah, it's real. Yeah. Yeah. And well, then I've seen it. I've, heard, I've, I've tattooed uh, 
soldiers that are talking about shrooms ptsd and, and stuff like that I'm like wow that's a lot different than the reasons we were doing no 100 you know? yeah and even my mom jokes about that too because she's like oh shit back in my day we would take shrooms for totally different reasons so it's funny to hear you guys talking about it now even looking back dude i i wanted to escape yeah you know no, that's everybody's that's got crazy reason. things i i I had a good enough childhood, you know, but, uh, there was a lot of shit that went on and look, you know, dude, at 56, you're still, I am. Mm -hmm. Some people think they got shit figured out at 20, you know, uh, mm -hmm. dude, I'm still learning shit yeah. and learning about all that shit. And even the way I talk to my kids about that, like they grew up and I can openly talk to them about little certain things, but I've told them, Hey, you do this or do that. You know, fuck college you're gonna be on your own because mm -hmm. i'll kill the motherfucker that sold it to you yeah for well, real. dad you for did real. all that i go no one told me not to and yeah i did and if you think i'm a hypocrite try me yeah. fucking i i care i care enough and yeah. it's dangerous now and and you're gonna do what you're gonna do anyways i'm just giving you my opinion on yeah, it yeah 100 you know? am i oh my god i'm so blessed i got four fucking amazing kids three that i knew about one i found 11 years ago yeah so <laughs> found 11 years ago yeah That's we were talking about that story. earlier about yeah la inc and all the craziness yep i mean it was, what, what's the best thing that ever came out of that tv show someone asked me a while back and and it's something that didn't even get the air on the yeah, show yeah i found a fucking kid yeah uh someone had seen me on there it's like oh there's they knew they and you know what maybe they never would have even told their son that i was their dad but now that i'm this image of what they thought i was on tv yeah was the farthest thing that, that could have been the reality and he was already 26 I, I found my boy deb yeah about 12 years ago uh some 11 years ago someone called me and said hey remember me and i'm like yeah and then a year later says oh yeah hey we have a kid i'm like oh my god oh that's got to be and i have fucking feeling. three kids that i love yeah yeah with my every bit of my were you, soul were you excited or was it like a, a crazy shock, dude. yeah and, it's and like the way i am I'm not, I'm a fucking negative creep, man. Sometimes it, it, but I love life and I love people, but I've never been a, I've never been the most upbeat person. I've always been a little bit dark. And uh, honestly, the first thing when I thought, when I heard about him, I'm like, Oh my God, I got to find him before something happens. Oh, I'm damn. a total fatalist. Damn. I was yeah. so afraid I would die before I met him. Mm. Yeah. It's like all or nothing. It sounds it's like ridiculous. Just, yeah, for sure. And then there's other people like, Oh my God, don't find him. They're going to want something from you. My mentor, Suzanne, 10 years before that, she had been looking for a son she'd given up for adoption. Oh, wow. Yeah. And this was the start of our personal story. And I remember telling her, hey, did you ever find your son? She goes, I'm not going to find some grown man that's going to blame me for every fucked up thing in his life. And Fuck, you're my son. And I'm like, wow, that's trippy. Well, it's I, easy I, to dismiss it I thought you wanted to meet way. him. And it was a different time yeah. for her. She had had a baby and her family talked her into giving up for adoption because mm -hmm. she had the whole life ahead of her. Yeah. All these years later, she was feeling guilt. And for some reason, she did stop the search mm. for her son. Mm -hmm. And she died right after that. Uh. So there's something, I think, subconsciously that maybe she knew. I'm very bizarre. I'm a dreamer. I've talked to, I've talked to Suzanne quite a few times since she's died. Mm -hmm. And I believe that with my whole heart. Sure. You know, people could think it's your imagination. You think what the fuck you want. Yeah. You know?
It's yeah. faith. But it was really you. You, believe you, in felt, it, you felt that's it. what I believe. You felt that energy. And I remember talking to her about that. And it's so funny when I found out about it, my son, I could hear Suzanne saying that. Don't find this kid. He's going to blame you for everything. And I immediately like, oh, my God, I need to find him. And I did. I fucking found him. I walked up to him right on the street and said, hey, dude, I think I'm your dad. And like, what the fuck? And fuck, here dude. it is 11 years later. We just went to a concert the other day. And he's playing music with dudes. I was playing music with fucking, you know. All those years Dude, ago when he was born. Full circle. He just did, my son just did a record with uh, George Lynch. Uh-huh. He was in a dock-in and I guess a real big 80s band. And there was an adolescence punk rock band from when I was a kid. And he did a record with those guys. And they're old guys. Right. And uh, for some reason, this soul gravitated that way. And mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, and then you were talking about how uh, the nature took over the nurture. Yeah, and it's so I look crazy at this kid, he rides a motorcycle, he's dressed in black, he's a little weird, and I'm like, fuck, my boy. And he turned like, out like he was ra- and he was also raised by a, a, a stepdad, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I, he obviously, because from what you told me that what that guy was like, he took more from like what your nature is. Yeah, he said, yeah, nature overruled the nurturing. You yeah, know? that's crazy that how that works, how that could even happen. Like and he, yeah, going back to that, the, universe the whole TV thing, that's the biggest thing that I got out of that was my son, right. you know, and people were like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, we're talking about tattoos. Yeah. They, were, they expected whatever. something so different from yeah. that. Like, Oh, it was a great exposure for, for my business. No, 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 no. It was the way more personal than that. No. Yeah, yeah. That was a, that was a trip, man. That was, I love telling my musician friends about that because mm-hmm. they all think, Oh fuck that tour back yep, in the yep, day yep. <laughs> i'll think what is one of my musician friends oh you had a kenny i go what's a kenny it's a road kid it's when you're <laughs> on the kid. I go, no. <laughs> it wasn't even like that man you know a fucking road kid that's hella way to put it and then when you label but it he's like 36 that, now he and he's a grown-ass fucking man dude, you that's know? crazy yeah i have four kids does he have you, you have grandkids no, not yet. Damn. I tease him and say not Tell that we her- know about yet. Yeah. You know, but- Maybe he got some Kennys. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, what the hell? Um, what I, I'm sometimes I'm interested with some people, especially tattoo artists, because the day to day grind is crazy. And you, like you said, you just went through a divorce and all that. Like the routine of someone that keeps them going in life. Like when you when you're waking up in the morning, is like what is like the driving force? Is it just another day is it take it moment by moment is it because you have a purpose in the shop and the guys that work for you like what is that thing that just it's all of that it's all of it and and i hate to i could i could make up some so much more romantic sounding no no it's fucking mortgage bills there you go and and payments and shit there you go and as as americans in in our culture we seem to take on something bigger you get a little bit more you buy something bigger right LA Inc. They didn't pay us a lot, but I was such a frugal dude and used to making my own way. I used to just file those checks mm-hmm. and I put them away and they're like, whoa, after a while it added up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spent all that money on a bigger house. Mm-hmm. So now my house, I still had a 30 year mortgage. It's just twice as much. Right. And right. so is everything else. You know, if I would have stayed where I was at, my house would be paid off maybe, or who knows? Right. I stay where you don't know what the fuck you're going to get into. But my driving force, uh, it's funny you ask that because at 56, I'm waking up and I'm thinking, fuck, I need to exit. I need an exit strategy. Mm. I've built so much. I got these five dudes relying on me yeah. to have a place. I got this building that I have to pay for. I got my mortgage. I got my dog. I got to wake up and fucking clean the shit in the morning because we got a puppy and yeah. 
the most unrock and roll lifestyle. I got my 20 year old boy, my two girls moved out and make sure he's well, good. Well, it's always less glamorous than people want to make it out to be. Yeah, Everyone's job, life is a, a sort of the same in a people way. are glamorous if you're glamorous and you're gonna live a glamorous life probably you know um i'm just kind of right now again that fatalist in me sure is thinking dude what makes you happy and, and right and it's kind of funny i really don't know I, I i playing drums makes me happy yep and making artwork makes me happy like when i sit up at night and i'll doodle yeah i just make artwork that's yep. but i I did. I put a lot of my life into tattooing. I've showed up at this shop every day. And that's what made me a good tattoo. Whether it was on TV or not, I'd still be busy. I'm not being a cocky. 1991, I opened my first shop. Okay. Six years before this. Mm -hmm. And I've been busy ever since. Yeah. The time I wasn't busy was when I took a month off to kick. Mm -hmm. And uh, the time I wasn't busy was when COVID happened. Yeah. They shut us down here for eight months. We're threatening Damn, to fucking eight months. close our, take our license and everything. Of course, we fucking uh, yeah, yeah. covered it. Block, in block it out. Sneaking in the back. Yeah, we did that. And too. I don't say that as an irresponsible fuck. I don't want never want any to be to, to get sick. Mm -hmm. It was just what we were seeing in our culture. Everybody, you know, who was coming in here was cops and firemen and doctors and like. So we still don't know. That's yeah. all. Whatever you know, I know That's it was a real a thing, a and I know area. people that died from it. For sure. So for I would. Sure. I mean. Dude, to this day as a tattooer, I still think about the tattoo I just did. Like, oh, fuck, I hope it heals right. And yeah, I, oh. oh, two weeks later, oh, it healed good. Yeah, it was fine. I was like, oh, God. Like, really, yeah. bro? You worry about that? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I will lose sleep over it. Yep. To this day. That's crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. I'm not. I've never been. Because I've always wondered if that you ever. about myself. I've you always been a negative that. fuck. No. Yeah. No. And yeah. even in the beginning, 10 years of tattooing, I was telling my daughter this recently. Dude, there's going to be times you feel like you forgot everything you know. And it's like, it's a foreign instrument, yep. man. Yep. And I think, I think I keep trying to tell myself, like, uh, especially when, during those high anxiety moments where you're just so criticizing yourself before, beginning, in the middle, and after the tattoo and stuff. It's like, try to rely on your muscle memory because a lot of what you're going to do in this moment it is up to your muscle memory and stuff because a lot of it's just going to happen as you're tattooing and if you get into this mode where you're just overthinking it and stuff you're gonna you're gonna get so fucking like and it's just gonna not feel good to tattoo and even analyzing how i am now if i want to take an opportunity of people listening to this i think i'm making a mistake and i'm acknowledging a lot of my sure. negativity and there's uh as much as I like being that way and I've been known for being honest and feasting on my folly and admitting my bad things, I've met people that don't talk about the bad things mm -hmm. and they keep it all positive. Right. And uh, I used to think, oh, that's bullshit, but it's kind of not. And actually I see these people do that. Um, they're kind of manifesting positivity. Exactly. So right. I've never really done that. I'm trying to do that a little bit more. It's hard to break old habits, I guess. Yeah. Like I said, I, I remember doing a podcast recently. I was telling you, we got on this vein and God, we talked drugs and murder and yeah. all this insane shit. That, and that's where you and naturally it this go big to. smile on my face because I remember the time. <laughs> but God, you know, I got to remember sometimes, you know, we romanticize about tattooing in the old times. And usually the good shit sometimes wasn't like a good thing. It always had to be dangerous or that was more interesting. Yeah. It's really not. I've had such a blessed life with tattooing. I've met people like Suzanne who taught me positivity, taught me about 
taking better care of yourself, living long, having children yep. was one of the greatest things. Doing artwork for fucking superstar people, not because they're popular. The really reason I can say that is that this person can have anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so the superstar people, yep. they can buy whatever they want. Yeah. And it's not building my ego, but I've, I've realized, and I try to think positive, they're choosing you. Yep. Out of all the people they could have. And that's like, wow, that like, dude, believe me, I had been tattooing James for years and yeah. superstar people. It's barely in the last few years right. that I've rounded off to thinking that way. Mm-hmm. And just being positive and thinking about good things and like tattooing has brought me uh, like be, I used to be a musician and God, you'd work forever and just try to afford a symbol. Right. I've gotten to the position where people know you as what you do and they'll give you, you can get better equipment. Just the opportunities right now. Yeah. This is a huge opportunity. You know how many tattoos are out there? Yeah. Tattooers. Right. For some reason you feel I'm special enough or I have something to offer. It's Dude. a good thing. Please. And it used to, it used to be like a, Oh, fuck this. I don't even know why, you know? So I'm even at 56 trying to train myself to be positive or to even just fucking be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people neglect that because like you said, you stay busy and then that's almost good enough to get you through each day because your, your mind is right there. A lot of people always have thought, Oh, you're always a nice guy. Here's a deep, dark secret, man. Coming in here. Cause I do, I can wake up and just like, fuck this. Like, I just, just want to turn the world off. I, I want to do it. And that's why I asked that too. That's probably yeah. why I did drugs for so many years. And, but yeah, coming in here, you don't want to be a punk and fucking make the person miserable. Right. So always coming in here, I always had to, it's, even when you're on your lowest with drugs, well, brush your fucking teeth, eat something fake Bro, it, and, okay. and be kind to people. Yeah. And you don't want to sit here and mope because I've seen those, oh, my life sucks. It's depressing. So I've always, for years, it's like a tool to put on. Not that it's real hard because my life is good, but I put on this facade yeah. so I would act more positive. I don't want to sit here and be, look miserable or sad. So that kind of always kept me going. Dude. But I'm being, just being honest, I, I'm a fucking weird, dark fucker. And, and, for years, you know, like I said, three years ago when I went through that, oh my God, dude, I had bottles up there that had been untouched for 20 years. Yeah. Because I'm not a drink. I drank all that shit. Yeah. In three months. Damn. And drinking all that alcohol and being functional on it probably opened the door for that little demon to come back and say, oh, we got you. A little again. gateway. Yeah. So, all you cats that ain't using drugs and that are vegan or taking care of yourself and eating healthy, fucking right on, dude. Yeah. That's yeah. punk rock right now because there's For all sure. those temptation. Even punk rock used to be that way. There's a lot of scenes. I remember when we were punks, we hated guys that were straight edge. Yeah. Like, fuck No, that. I remember. I remember. And we, well, this is before you were I born, know, but, but it, even it that 80s scene. And it was so weird. Like, oh, fuck. That's what punks are about. It's about breaking sure. shit and destruction and drugs. And I was just watching a little interview, uh, some interviews on some guys some hardcore bands, and I didn't even realize their way of being punk was being straight edge mm-hmm. and uh, being vegan and all this shit. Sure. It was like, whoa, they're trying to make so that cool. Far, but I totally respect it, and and I and it started reminding me. I remember being a kid. There was a couple of the guys that would hang out with us, and we'd go pick them up, and they they leave the house in their good clothes, mm-hmm. and we go out to the Grove, and they had a this one guy, Dave. He had a box, and his punk rock clothes were in there. 
And my friends, oh, he's a fucking poser and blah, blah, blah. And they hated on him for it. And I'm like, oh, dude, but he's got like food in there. And yeah. He's living the best of the both of the You've been in his house. He's got all that good shit. Yeah. He's choosing to come out here. So yeah, because he's a pussy. His parents won't let him. I go, yeah, but even, honestly, as a teenager, I used to, that used to bug me. And I'm thinking, fuck, dude, this guy's got a good life and he's choosing to come hang with yeah, us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Flash forward 30 years. I remember talking to my buddy about that. Dude, his life was fucked up in his mm. house and just because they had money. Yeah. You know, it doesn't make shit different. There's no. all kinds of dysfunctional shit. So I was admired so the guys. to you guys too. Yeah, That's maybe why he, he couldn't do it in front of, of his mom, but yeah. he still wanted to. Or even back then, I knew dudes that never used drugs and they were fucking nuts. Yeah. And I was like, God, I wish I could be crazy without that. <laughs> you know, but I was, I remember getting clean when I did 25 years ago. I called my buddy Tom Tilden. He's a tattooer. And at the time he was clean and he's crazy. You just yeah. do stupid shit, and he was fucking nuts. And I was so afraid, like, oh, if I don't do drugs, I'm gonna be a boring fucking turd, you know? Right, right, right. So I call Tom at one in the morning, my bro. I'm like, my fucking last fucking, I'm, you know, just burning the shit and trying to quit. I'm like, dude, how do you do it? And, he, and I remember he tells me, yeah, it's, it's kind of easy, bro. You just, like, you just said you're quitting. Mm. Just, just get rid of the ing. Just say you quit. <laughs> Don't say you're trying to stop. Just say you stopped. That's how you talk I'm like, to are yourself. you serious? He goes, I'm dead serious, yeah. bro. Because that's yeah. what'll do it. He goes, are you fucked up right now? I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm just really fucking mad. But it's like, fuck, I got it. I've been yeah. trying for years to kick this, and I'm going to have kids. I'm going to quit. So, yeah. Just stop. Just stop saying you're quitting. Just say you quit and trick your brain. He goes, do you want to go shooting? It's like 1 in the morning. So random. Do you want to go shooting yeah. guns? I go, what? Yeah. Like, did you hear? And fuck, we went out shooting. You went? <laughs> and I was like oh, realizing fuck. that's how crazy he was. Yeah. Spontaneous. I'm at the fucking end of my fucking rope with this fucking drug shit. Mm -hmm. And even knowing I was quitting, I was doing more and more, like forcing it all in at the end. And it, mm -hmm. it's just weird. I don't know why you do that. Man. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't just know a either. self destructive thing. Sure. But it, it was a good lesson to me. Like, why wow, you can be sober and you can still be a fucking nut. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, your personality is gonna shine through, and just because you did yeah. the drugs, it's like, I mean, when you're sober, if you, especially if you get used to being sober, because I'm, I'm sure it took you a while to get used to that baseline I'm feeling. Still not. Of being, I still drink yeah. a ton of coffee. I still dr smoke yeah, a bunch of weed. Right? Now I, I'm starting to drink whiskey again. Sure. I'm starting to enjoy it, but but you can enjoy that on a different level now. Yeah, and it's I not, also realize. The, the devil takes on a lot of different forms. Mm. And I'm saying devil, not in the biblical way, in the demon way. However yeah, you want to fucking go, whether yeah. you believe it or not, I think there are forces out there that sure. drive us. You know? Sure, 100%. Yeah. And I'm glad we touched on this because this is a huge thing that um in my personal life and also that I preach to a lot of people, a lot of people would want to get better at tattooing. And then sometimes I'll ask them, like, well, how's your home life? Like, how do you feel on a day-to-day -day basis? Like, how are you maneuvering? Like, how do you feel when you wake up? And there's a lot of people that are like what you said, like you wake up and just the thought of taking action for another day and just getting up and having to drag yourself out of bed and then, fuck, I guess I'll brush my teeth. I guess I'll do this. People are trying to escape that because it, they see it as so mundane and just so much. I did that for years. Yeah, dude. dude. I hear you. And I, I know it to a T because I've been there and I've only found solace in like in trying to focus on the things that I can control and not worrying about the things that I can't control. And the only things that you can control about you are your habits and how you treat your own body. See, and there's a great example. You're younger. Yeah. All these tools, all this stuff and information mm -hmm. is there to make you smarter. Right. 
Yeah. You know, back, I was joking with a guy when we were kids. We didn't get to have feelings. No. Yeah. You fucking complain to your fucking parent. You get a smack, you know, a kick right. in the fucking ass. And to that point, the reason why I said <laughs> I remember is because I grew up in an environment that was just like that. And even though it's different eras and stuff, I grew up in. Uh, I grew up in the hood and it was gang culture only and it was ba- highly aggressive and you know it was looked down upon to do anything that was like positive, positive or good yeah, yeah. and I was in that same thing and I was so influ- influenced easily influenced when I was younger I was just getting pulled left and right I would just oh, I want to impress this person I want to be like this I feel like ooh, I uh I finally found something I could be a part of right and it was never on no positive tip it was always like a group of guys I just didn't need to be with or all of that because I grew up homeless for the first good chunk of my life. And then when we did find a place to live, it was right in the middle of the hood. Yeah. And then for the longest time when I was younger, I didn't have a sense of um, like the social dynamic between me and someone else. So since I was homeless and then I finally got people, all these kids already had a bunch of social dynamic amongst each other. They knew each other. They knew how to operate. I'm going in brand new. Like I've never talked to no one ever. Right. So I go in there and that's why I'm easily influenced because, oh, I need to be like this. I need to be like that. And it wasn't until I was able to go through a lot of fucking shit, go to jail, all this stuff Mm. and find something to focus on that allowed me to like have some sort of purpose. Not saying that my life was just great right when I found tattooing because it's fucking hard. The grind of tattooing is so fucking hard. It can be if you apply yourself that way, you know? Yeah, and that's what I'm getting at is, like, you could tunnel vision, and it seems like that's what you should do, but at the same time, you don't want to leave your body flapping in the wind. Like, I was so unhealthy at one point, waking up, no food, coffee, go to the shop, stencil, uh, tattoo all fucking day, go home, realize I haven't eaten anything, and then by the time I get home, I have no appetite, so I maybe I want I wouldn't eat for a day and a half, two days, right? Yeah. Skinny, fucked up. I just felt like shit. My back hurt. My head hurts. All of that stuff. And that's not gonna lead you to a good, happy life because you're you're always gonna feel like shit. Yeah. And it's a huge thing now. That way I see it, and I'm still working on it. But I preach to people. It's like we're always working on dude, it, dude. You're always in this state of evolving, and you have to stay in that state. But you need to open your mind to the things that are good for you. And not use those other influences that you picked up along the way to turn those off for you. Because sometimes you'll be like, oh, that's not cool. So I don't want to do that. When really these are a lot of the things you should be doing and stuff, you know. And just finding finding peace in the in the taking care of yourself and stuff. And then yeah. the better you feel, you know, that's why exercise. That's why you, you get the blood flowing in your body. That's why you drink water in the morning right before you drink coffee it's just all these tiny little i'm barely learning that now, dude i'm getting i'm still and i'm still trying to will i forever i don't know you know it's always if you can work on yourself once in a while and i think it's just because i care now and yeah exactly you know like i said you seem to care and if you can do it that much ahead of time that's fucking awesome well it's funny to me it feels like a lifetime that i went through i feel like i wasted chunks of my life because of that because i wasn't wasn't on that tip and now that I am on it, I'm just like, okay, well, at least I figured it out sooner than later, right? Yeah. And my kids did it for me. That's they're, what they're I was. They're the best yeah. thing in the world for me. Yeah. They they make you smile the most. Sure. They uh. And and it's funny. That's what I'm figuring out now. As they're stepping away, they're leaving me back to myself again. Mm-hmm. So it came really hard, but I I, I think I honestly I think I got it. I got it. I'm not going to regress. I'm going to regroup and make a deal for the next future. Yeah. Of the hope, the potential of actually having grandchildren. A hundred percent. And, and uh, 
And it goes, oh, yeah, that's what kids do. No, they don't. My mm-hmm. fucking, not everybody loves their kids. Mm-hmm. I heard some there, there's nobody in life that wants to see you succeed more than your father. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's true for some, but some. some people's fathers want to kill them. Yeah. You know, some people's fathers want nothing but the worst. You yeah. Know, or they're uh, just not there, period. Or they're they just, just don't not care. there. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's no, there's no, we're not cookie cutter people, you know, we're, but, uh, and it's all in the context. Everyone has like the different tiny things about their life that make it the way it is. And it's always going to differ them. Even if you're similar to someone, there's so much little context that makes your situation so much different. Even as good as like my life and you say, listen, I feel blessed and I can say sure. that. Did I feel like I wasted so much time? Yeah, that's how I feel. And I'm still young. Well, good. It's a good yeah. feeling because you're yeah. going to do better. Right. I'm 56. There's no backing up. And I, I did. I, I spun my wheels a lot, but it's okay you know yeah. it's just i can just do more and i don't know some people say like dude how can you even say that look what you've done yeah like okay that's good but yeah. what are you supposed to do just stop and just not do anything because you've accomplished yeah. so much like yeah. you just gotta and you want to be i've around. been sitting around thinking that like you know i should just not go to work and do what makes me happy but then i hey man this makes me happy no it does tattooing it does. makes me happy doing a drawing and pulling something off brings me such fucking joy Going making a new song, yeah. creating music, yeah, it's one of the best things in the world for me. I'm never yeah. in a bar drinking. I'll be in a bar behind my drums playing, mm-hmm. and no one really gives a shit about that either. That's just my own hobby thing, you know? Yeah, 100%. I get it. I get it. And I do think those things do make you happy, and I've gone through a phase where I was like, man, does tattooing make me happy, or am I just like stuck in this loop? But I think the only reason I was second guessing it is because i just felt like shit like i just physically didn't feel good you know and it's like of course everything's gonna feel like a a task or like such a such a chore when you just don't have the energy to do that right well you're different though because you're young you're a good tattooer and you're taking the time to do this and help the big the whole industry instead of just yourself sure i heard someone the other day that i respect telling my daughter you got to give your whole life to this. You got to dedicate your whole life. And I'm listening. And you know, I can't judge what my kids hear, but a couple of days later I say, Hey baby, you know, there's some truth in that, but I want to tell you mm-hmm. something else. When you were born, mm-hmm. I remember, fuck, I was going to Japan. It was 1999. I was like, Oh fuck this shit. And I stopped traveling. Mm-hmm. I went to Japan. I felt so bad and said, you know, what? I've been doing this for a long time. And I stopped traveling for quite a few years and stayed home with my kids. Right. And I said, hey, you don't have to give your life to it. You need to dedicate yourself. You need to respect it. You are altering someone's life forever. But this maybe the fact that it's a different time. Shit's more accessible. So you don't need to be so figuring everything out. And I don't know if I'm telling her the right or the wrong. I'm just trying to be her dad and let her know that life is more important than anything. Balance. And you don't need to give your whole life to tattooing. Yeah. There's some people that do, and maybe they did at that time, but you no, know, you need to do what you're doing. Go on your hikes. Yes. Go focus on right. the dogs. You love the dogs. You yes. love, find out what really makes you happy in life. And, uh, I just had to reiterate. And I used to probably think the same thing. And people did think that mm-hmm. I lived it. My tattoo shop was in my living room. Right. Yeah. Everything. Only reason I ever got on a plane ever was to fly to New Orleans yep. for the first time, and yeah, it engulfed it. But I had to remind her. It's like, no, my most important thing in life was having you kids. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't have stopped doing all that bad shit. Right. 
I wouldn't have ended up where I was at. I wouldn't have been able to go to, I don't know. I doubt that they probably would have picked me to go on TV if I was, you know, I used to go out back every day and smoke a joint, but I wouldn't be in the bathroom smoking shit. Yeah, right. You know, just being honest, you can't run around with a felony in your pocket all the time. Or Yeah. You know, and that's what I had done for years. And I said, well, I got away with it this long. My kids don't deserve that. But I know plenty of people that have kids and went to jail and, and abused them and abused themselves. So, again, I you don't get a trophy for not being a fucking moron. You right. just get to live longer. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. Know? That's the reward. And you don't really get to feel that and reward until it happens. And some people are righteous happens. and good people and yeah. good fathers and good mothers and love life and take care of themselves, and they still die. Yep. So you only got the time you got, man. You better fucking use it. Man. Memento Mori is a is a is, is is stands for every. We all must die, and yep. at the end of the day, Good, we're all, we're the all, bad, the ugly, yeah. the it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then everything know? in the future, like the world's always going to be the same. There's always going to be good, bad, ugly in different shapes and forms. Fucking ancient Rome, there was good, bad, ugly everywhere. You think now is any different? It's just like a different. It's just a different era, different time, a different theme to life. And it's just like every everybody must die eventually. I, I know people that are just as successful as me and way more. And I've talked to them. And, I, and my theme was always we all get where we're going. Mm -hmm. And I remember someone said, that's bullshit, Corey. No, you need to get a plan and you need to make it. And I go, well, that worked for you. But honestly, I swear to God, as a young as a young dude, because of my family, I have some of my family that are fucking murderers and horrible people. Sure. Better off dead. I wish they would die, some of them, you know. And uh, faithfully, luckily, I'm not that fucking dude. Yeah. But uh, I still believe that. We all get where we're going. Because I have the potential to fuck up. Mm -hmm. And I have the potential to live this good. And even if it fucking crumbles tomorrow, and people say, why do you say that? And that's the things I got to stop thinking negative because you can manifest negativity. 100%. But it's not so negative. If it does crumble, the bombs say, God, what a lucky fucker. Look what yeah. I've had so far. Mm -hmm. And it's just shit. Anyways, yeah. it's just, you know, it's stuff. And it was a good run, if so. And hopefully you know, I'll be 70 going, fuck, I used to worry about that. I made it this far. But, you know, I've met 84-year-old dudes, this one old friend of the family, Mort, and uh, he was dying. And I used to go... Uh, to this guy, I had tattoo connections everywhere. I'd go to this guy and get him oxygen tanks. Mm -hmm. And I'd take him to Mort, and Mort fucking got better. He was 84, and he was dying. He fucking lived to be 89. Damn. But I remember talking to 84, and he was so cool. He grew his own weed, made fucking wine, knew the fucking Bible forward and backwards. You see, this motherfucker Ezekiel used to say <laughs> that that's how he'd preach to people. <laughs> that's kind you of know? a cool and way to just, preach about the Bible, his way. Yeah. And, you know, I... I never read the Bible. I have it. And you, but I, I believe, bet you listened if you said some shit. I learned shit by talking yeah. to people. Right. But uh, it was funny. The point was is that, like, well, Mort, you did a, you've had a good run. You ready? Mm -hmm. He's all, fuck, no, I'm not ready. Damn. You know, dude, you're 84. He's all, I'm not ready, man. I go, really? Fuck. I go, all right, well, then let's not die. Yeah, Here, let's go. Come suck on. on this oxygen for a while. And <laughs> we got him some medicine and the... the insurance had turned him loose they put him home to die and that fucker lived another fucking six years that's crazy that's crazy that's crazy yeah dude so you wow. know look at lyle tuttle he lived to be 88 that fool's doing fucking shit the whole time yeah. philadelphia Eddie. he quit drinking and doing shit and he died you know and even like lyle i looked up to him so much i'm like what a pussy i quit well 
I'm, you know, God bless Lyle and his choices, but I quit a lot of shit and I directed it toward my family and I, the longevity of that. So mm-hmm. I don't regret that, you know. Right. And uh, you also just got to accept some people's genes are genetically built like that to last. Yeah. And some people can get high for two days and stop for seven. You know, I was getting high for seven and stopping for three, and it was just it was painful. Painful. People ask, "What's it like?" I just don't eat. Yeah. <laughs> don't sleep. Yeah. A miserable feeling with a little bit of euphoria. That's what drugs feel like. Especially after you're deeper <laughs> into it, you don't feel that euphoria as much anymore. Uh, you're just trying not to feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and that's a vicious cycle. That's how people get stuck. Yeah, I, some people trip out. Like, I, I've always been pretty open about talking about that, yeah. you know, and you might want to take it back, but it's the truth, man, and it is what it is. No, not take it back, because I think people need to hear more of that stuff because there's a lot of people that are, are living a, a silent death in, in their life. They're just sit, sitting there, and they're living this thing that no one else knows about, and when they hear people talk about it, I feel like it it brings it out to the forefront to make them feel like they're not alone and stuff. They need to hear that type of stuff. Yeah, I've because... repeated what Tom told me for years. Mm-hmm. Just quit saying you're quitting. Just yeah. say you quit. And, and you're right. It sounds so. It sounded. It almost pissed me it's off. Semantics, I thought he was joking. It's so but simple. It was fucking true. Yeah. And yeah. then let's go do something really stupid right now. Yeah. Like, just to wow. shake it up. Just to kind of like okay. shock the system. Yeah. Yeah. He's still my friend, and I still respect him for that. Yeah. And and then I think, wow, magically, that's why I met Tom all them years ago. And right, you know, our lives are just—I <clears throat> don't know—we're we're really here for such a short time. Yes, Imagine how right. long you weren't here, and yeah. once you die, how long you're not going to be here. Yeah. Oh my God, it's, Dude, it's we're so here tiny. for just a splash. And uh, you better, you should fucking enjoy it. Especially if you zoom out and you think about the universe. If you want to get that crazy, like oh, you think I get about that the, crazy. I oh, have. Don't I've start with me, body. bro. Don't fucking start. I fucking get in that mindset where I'm zooming out in my head. I'm just thinking about it. And you're not just thinking about all the life on Earth. You're thinking about all the life that exists anywhere. Dude, we've had. I had the same experience to where I left my body. It was the second time in my life. It's called astral projection. And yes, Suzanne right. explains it 100%. to me. And I left and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And I kept going from the confines of the architecture. It happened before, but I got caught in a structure. Yeah. But I left, dude, and I could actually see the world getting smaller. Yep. And my inner voice said, uh, boy, you think you got problems. Yes. Right. Just wow. Put them in perspective. And I'm like, wow. It's like it, like the country is in the, oh my God, I'm this small. Yeah. Like my problems are fucking nothing. 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 I, I, my problems almost don't exist. Yes. Yes. And if and you're not here, no one's gonna give a fuck in the big picture. Yeah. And, and it was weird. It's not even that profound, but I had. It's funny you mentioned that. See, dude, it's we've profound, I've had bro. the same thing. Not everybody gets that gift. Mm-hmm. But dude, I remember waking up that day. It's like ah, oh, and it felt so good. It only lasted like two weeks. Yeah. And all the other fucking shit crept back in. But yeah. I remember it. And yeah. it's still true, though. But how fucking weird, dude. Something in my brain physically took me out and showed me. That's why I do have faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I don't know if it's the God that, and the Christ that they all describe. But uh, I, I think we don't know shit. So, well, it could uh, just be like the... The, the way the universe works. It doesn't have to be a person or an, uh, or an entity. And maybe it is. You know, maybe Christ be. will show up in a spaceship and say, I in told you, fuckers. <laughs> in a spaceship. Yeah. That would be why fucking not? crazy. Yeah, hey, why not? Why the fuck not? And it, it, you say that, that it felt good for that short period of time. And I've even been, even been trying to practice, like, 
dude, like every morning I try to, it's hard most mornings, right? Every morning I try to zoom out. I try to get my, just like try to clear it. And you get that zoomed out because that feeling you're feeling, you could feel that regularly. It's just, it's just about being able to open it up to it in that moment, even with all the noise around you. Yeah. And that noise and the theme of the feeling of your life get that, that you said creeps back in. Because you could try to take yourself out of it, but how long is it going to last before that theme of just the oh, yeah. whatever darkness surrounds you comes back in? Because you're so used to feeling that. How you how do you escape it? And I think it's a constant. I think it's a constant day-to-day thing about intentionally setting your mind into a in the beginning of the day so that you go throughout the day with that feeling. And even if you got to do it and you fall off one day, fall off another day, at, lo- at least you're using a valiant effort to get that feeling because it feels good. I think that's good too. What's going on with it's one of the good sides of social media and sure. all this stuff and access. Cause in reality, we couldn't even talk like this when no, I was a teenager, yeah. dude, I get you're it. a pussy yeah. or I remember about six years ago, I was with my wife at the time and I was talking to my childhood friend and his dad had just died. <laughs> And I say, yeah, what, blah, blah, blah. You say, yeah, he died. And I go, oh, wow, what a trip. He says, ah, I don't even fuck care. God, he was such a dick when I was young. I go, your dad? And he says, yeah, he used to beat the shit out of me. I go, yeah, my, mine too. And he's like, oh, no shit. And I was like, blah, blah, blah. And we're just, we're just casually talking. Yeah. And then my wife's like, wait, what the fuck? And I'm like, what? She's like, haven't you, haven't you two known each other your whole lives? So I'm like, yeah. You guys never knew that your yeah. dad's like right. beat you guys? Like, no. You're like, I, we would never talk. About, why would we complain about We're 50. That? Well, you just assume everybody did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know? 100%. And it's funny. Even after all these years looking back, and then maybe some kids do need an ass kicking. Dude, I raised three children, never laid a hand on them. Mm-hmm. I didn't beat my wife. You know, I felt like choking her once. <laughs> I'm sure she felt like killing me, too. Yeah, fantasize about it a little bit. It's joking about all yeah, that. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny, and it's the, the typical scenarios. And some people will grow up, and they will repeat what they've seen, mm-hmm. or they will grow up and thank God or whatever powers to be, or thank me, or think. I, I believe there's a higher something. Sure, I think of course. I have think we have guides. I've talked to Suzanne. Yeah, I've talked to dead people. You know, and and the, there are these driving force. Uh, and to me, I just look back, and and there was even a time that I tried to thank my dad. Mm. Like, hey, man, I'm glad you did all this because now I realize if I act like you, mm. I'm going to be alone like you are. 100%. And, oh, fuck, dude. I, if, That's pretty if profound, If my kids though. weren't around me and didn't like me, I'd fuck. I'd, I'd, I'd use again. I'd be dead. I wouldn't give a fuck. Yeah. They're like, honestly, for some reason, that you know, that should be that way. That, that my kids brought the biggest joy to me. And creating art or creating a good song. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's, that's just it. I think with us, I think creation and yeah. some people don't have kids. And and again, like I said, I meet people that never use drugs and don't have kids and they're married and they're happy. I don't get all that. Yeah. I, I, I think I've always need needed glue or needed something a little extra in life to, to be an example for not let down. And that sounds a weird thing. I need to be somebody to not let you down. And that's just, it's weird. No, instead I think, of just being somebody to be happy and enjoy yourself because life is good. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But I think that there's some validity in that because I think that when you're talking about some kids need to get whooped and stuff like that, and even if that might be true, a lot of it is in the parenting of like I think a lot of parents aren't good examples enough for their because a lot of them they have kids, 
everything drops and then they're just like fuck everything else just focusing on the kids and i'm talking about the their whole life their whole identity their whole dreams their whole pursuit of them feeling good and all that stuff and that seems like a like a proud thing to do but at the same time now your kids lack an example of what it is to live healthy happy and stuff uh -huh. like that and trying to and sure, you might not be. That's home. why I'm reminding my daughter. If yeah. you're going to get it, no, right. you don't need to give your life yes, to it. Yes, exactly. Right. And that's kind of going against what you just said. I gave a lot to you, but on the same hand, I also was very blessed, and I had the freedom to go live my life. Yeah. And be a tattooer. Yeah. And do all these things. Yeah. You know. But you obviously had set an example for your kids in. It doesn't always so straightforward as like you live this perfect life. It's not about that. Oh no, no. I've always tell them shit what I did. If anything, yeah. that adds a little bit more character to the example they have, so they get to basically live vicariously through whatever experience you had, and then they could take those lessons. And those are very potent because I didn't. I grew up without a dad, and I feel like I struggled um, with the just the masculine side of just the maneuvering through the world and and like being your own man and being and being your own person and it's but he really could have tough. brought you bad examples too you don't know you don't know what it was there so you it. don't know i wouldn't change me it. neither it's man. just i knew that i had to make up for that somehow so then i constantly was searching that through you know i had to learn a lot of stuff the hard way and then on top of that I, i've always searched out like mentors and stuff i've been blessed not in tattooing i'm talking about life mentors people that are very wise and people my absence have, of my father i realized later or I credited that. I don't yeah. know if that's why, but these certain men in my life yes, that exactly. I really it is. I had this friendship with. Mm -hmm. And uh I wish I did. I, I dude, I meet guys that come in with their dads and get tattoos and that's crazy like, to I, me. To I think. like that. I, yeah. I mean it's like wow, what an interesting concept. You know? My dad's still alive. I can't be in the same room with him, but that's really <laughs> hard. It's a, yeah, it sucks, you know. You know, it's it's a yeah, it's, it's one of them things, and that never even leaves me. I have all this torment it's Dude, constantly. And it's just a party. We do. It's a know? party. Yeah, and you fantasize about what it would be like. Like I said, not that I would change it or anything, but you just uh, it's just more about self-awareness. Like, what changed me? What what pain points did I have growing up and stuff so that I could address those and I don't let it, like, fester? Because sometimes people will use drugs, do this, do that, do bad things, and it's all stemming from just something small they don't understand about themselves. You know Maybe, what I mean? Maybe, yeah. And yeah. it's just like... Just having a better understanding of yourself. So that's why I try to preach to people, even just in the tattoo community, because there's not a good enough example of someone who's not only a good tattoo artist, but they beat their wife or or they're just a horrible person, but they're a great artist. It's like there's a way to be a well-rounded human. There's, yeah. And you should, especially in this day and age when it's more accepted and it's cool to do it. It's like you should look at all of those areas of your life to be a good person and and try to figure out what makes you happy. In any job that you do. In any job, you know? yeah. It's just the industry because we realize, I'm a too, part of we're that. We're not a necessity. We are a luxury item. Oh, yeah, 100%. And yeah. you got you to gotta appreciate the fact that people still come and get work from you and all of that stuff and be gracious. So, yeah, gratitude and all that stuff, man, it, it goes a long way. But, yeah, we've been going for two hours that shit flies by, man. Yeah, I always said I'm a good tattooer because I like talking to people. Yeah, I remember years ago someone criticized the show. It says, "Yeah, the fucking tattoo shows. Now all these people want to talk to you and tell you their story." I'm like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Man, you should go home and paint. You yeah. shouldn't even be a tattoo artist." Yeah. That's what yeah. it's about, man. I right. like talking to people, man. Yeah, if you, you just want to do art on fucking some inanimate, just go fucking 
write on a wall or something, something boring. Yeah, but, and that's good too. You know, I go home and draw still too. But uh, but the people aspect that adds a lot to your life. It adds a lot to the routine of your that's life. That's how I've learned everything. Yeah, I never fucking 100%. read. I talk to people. Yeah, and, and that's sometimes the best. I don't want to hear it. It's the best book, you know. And then when I need to talk. I got a captive audience. They can't go nowhere. Yeah, they got to listen to my shit. They have to listen shit. to you. Yeah. You think you got some dark shit going on? Here? Yeah. Fuck, listen to this yeah. shit. Yeah. You know? And in my shop, it's funny because I really appreciate the conversation between uh, artist and client. Uh, I don't even let people like uh, have headphones on. I know a lot of people put headphones on. Yeah, I don't do on. that either. Yeah, I, they put them on and then they're just like this. I just feel like it just blocks off. Even if you guys aren't talking, it just blocks off communication. And our shop is a lot about the experience of the client and stuff. And I feel like they're going to get the most if they're at least able to connect with you at some point as a human, not even just like. Yeah, personally, I don't like that. We vocally, but yeah, I'm such an open fuck. Like yeah. everybody do, you right. do you and it'll keep up. But yeah, luckily nobody in there does that. And especially I wouldn't want the artist doing it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's like, dude, come on. There's, you can just shut up, but you don't need to. But I, I remember saw some guy uh, recently was working with uh, Robert Hernandez. Mm -hmm who's insanely amazing artist. Yeah. And this other artist he was with is on another fucking level. But it's like, so I was just so, I don't know who he is. And I don't mean his disrespect. I was just so turned off by him. He just had these headphones and was ignoring everybody. Then I just rationalized, yeah, oh, he fucking doesn't even speak English. So it doesn't matter. But still right. it, there is something about that. That's a little unnerving. Just back to the point of this is a people sport. Yeah. This is human to human, man. 100%. And, uh, you know, it's part of it. You yeah. know, who wants, like I said, if you don't want to talk to people, go be a painter. Exactly. You know, 100%. Yeah. I've always enjoyed talking to people, and this is good for people if they learn anything. And sometimes the farthest little comment out of here, like if somebody, you know, we didn't talk about shading their techniques or this and that. There's a lot of great things that have happened with tattooing, but like you said, stepping out of yourself and looking at the world and realizing your problems or, if someone even catches the fact that what Tom told me 25 years yeah. ago, I'm not quitting. I quit. Yeah. Fuck man. If that hits any of you fucking a man, yeah. drugs will kill you. Yeah, dude. And it's always <laughs> the smallest thing. You don't think it's going to hit that hits a lot of people. Or they may influence somebody else that you don't even yeah. know. That's going to say, Oh, he's cool. Cause he does that. And they might do it for the first time and it might take them out. Yeah. Like I said, man, my homies I went to school with, they're still dying. Yeah. You know? And, I've I've at times felt like walking. I remember, I remember being a teenager jumping in front of a train on drugs, and uh, just two years ago, a friend I grew up with did it. Damn, you know, and he didn't he didn't jump. He he stood in front of it, and you know this life is fragile. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was old enough to know exactly what was going to happen, you know. And he probably wanted to do that since we were kids, and he yeah. did it. And you know, it's like you look at those things, you know this right awesome life we have it could still get really dark at times and um for most people it's it gets dark for everyone it gets i don't dark know i don't know if it's for most of them or just some it's of just us. different i think it's different levels of dark we're, we're hitting on that because we there's a lot of shit we can relate on even sure. though we're years apart i've met tattooers that are just fucking positive and happy and sure. good and healthy and that's awesome. I'm yeah. not going to condemn them for it, man. Fucking more power to you. And I think for those people, though, I think that everybody has problems in how they view their problems. Like if someone has a problem that in nowhere it pales in comparison to 
something that you've been through, but they feel like it's a deep problem to them. That's actually what matters. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. that it pales in comparison no. to them. It's a big deal and it affects them. So those positive people, everybody has their little problems and it's big deal to them. They deal with it, how they deal with it. I guess it's just trying to find healthy ways. Well, to I fucked problems. myself for years and I still do. Yeah. I will discount the things that hurt me and bother me because mm -hmm. I'll instantly say, well, there's somebody else that has it worse. And I recently met somebody that told me, don't discount yeah. your fucking issues just right. because somebody else had it worse. Yeah. And uh, they're valid. I thought that was it humble. Yeah. It, maybe it is humble, but it's not helping you. No. It, it's just the evil thing that's trying to bring you down, making an excuse for itself to exist. Exactly. Yeah. yeah so. 100%. And hey, I know I could have talked about shading and all that stuff. I. When I was doing starting this podcast, I could have gone two ways. I could have made a tattoo podcast where I was just talking about all of that stuff. But a lot of my c content isn't even geared towards that. It's more geared towards the stuff that's not talked about enough. And well, we're humans, exactly. And yeah. I like to touch on that a lot more. I mean, I call the the, the podcast "Hero and the Sage," but it's also because I, when I was younger and I had no father, I would always, you know, I'd watch these movies, the medieval movies and stuff, the kings, the emperors, the 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 wizards of this and that and i just think i've always attached myself to the archetypes of like the hero on that journey like they live a normal life and then they get this call to adventure and something happens and they got to go through this adventure right but along the way they need those like sages those those wise people that'll give them the gems that they need to go and accomplish their stuff right yeah. so there's the hero and the sage right and i've always I've always loved the idea of being the sage, but I had to go through a journey to become that. And then it's a constant journey. We're all in a constant journey, right? So I think that me theming it that way, it makes the conversation open to more, like you said, human stuff. And I think that lacks in the tattoo industry. I want everyone to know that they, we are all more alike than you think because we are human. Yep. And we need to talk about those things that even in the tattoo industry, when it's just like totally not talked about, we need to talk about them so we know that they're real. And let and remind yourself, you really don't know a lot. Yeah. Let the that song. All I know is I don't know nothing. Yeah. I remember one time when Suzanne passed away. An experience happened, and I had talked to her. And uh, well, years later, I was talking to Good Time Charlie. And uh, I was telling him about the situation. It doesn't really matter the situation, but uh, I was telling him about something that had happened. And it happened it's about talking to spirituality, talking to dead sure. people. Yeah. He he was using the Bible as a reference and he told me this shit and we're smoking. And I'm thinking, well, fuck, we're just high and Charlie just rambling and yeah, it made right. no sense. And like three fucking days later, ding, mm -hmm. I got what he was saying. Yep, it clicked. So sometimes you got to humble yourself and let yourself know, remind you really don't know nothing and pay attention. And, and it was weird. It, the, 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 the essence and the subject of it don't matter, but it was so weird that, like, fuck, he was listening, and that did make sense. Yep. But it took me three days to really realize, you know, give yourself some grace for that shit. You yeah, know? 100%. Give yourself some grace to realize that you don't know as much as you think you know. 100%. And even somebody that you might think around you doesn't know shit, maybe on accident they're going to stumble on something brilliant. Yep. And then there's the people that have been around, you know. So if if you can listen, I'm always listening. Yeah. No, and that's good to, to remember to stay listening. And for me, that's why I always like that's why I love that we got you on the pod and we're getting people like that, because I guess I could just interview some of the new guys that are really popular and on TikTok and all that stuff. But at the same time, I want to get the perspective 
of the artists that have been through this industry for so long and get their perspective on basically what we just talked about because you've lived a long life. You've had so many ups and downs. You've had the really hard stuff. And like you said, you're still figuring shit out. And I want people to know that because it's like, you could either get started now on figuring your stuff out or figuring yourself out, or you could just like, or accept that you're going to always be figuring it out. Always going to be figuring it out. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think we provided some good value. We didn't talk about like shading and all that stuff, <laughs> but I don't, I think we got more value out of it this way. And we could obviously talk forever. Yeah. Cause I talk a lot and then you obviously go off on tangents and stuff, yeah. but we could always have you back on and then change up the, no, the subject. I, matter, I appreciate so. you doing this. And like you said, uncle Jeremy was the one, uh, yeah. That that uh I don't know if he brought it up but he called me and says, "Hey, I told you this guy Shine, he's a good guy." And uh you know, luckily for our industry, we have people like Jeremy mm-hmm. and different he's people. Great. There's a lot of artists that are just introverted and antisocial yep. and trippy. I'm somewhere in between there. But I'm also a good talker and tattooing brought me out of my shell. Yep. But there's a place for all of us in here. Mm-hmm. And uh like I said, Jeremy and guys like you uh you're helping with the popularity of it, but in a positive way, you yeah. know, and, and here's the weird part. I even think there should be fuckheads and people sending negative examples. There was a lot of guys around me that were horrible examples. Yeah. But luckily I said, Oh wow, look what that got them. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, a guy told me one time, it was, it used to be a good saying. I said, I keep the weeds out of my garden. It was when I had my kids. It was an old neighbor that died. Sure. He said, what does that mean? I said, you know, I keep the weeds out of the garden so I can do my flowers will go good. And he says, no. He said, Corey, he said, God made the weeds. And this isn't about ah. God. Because, but the weeds are there for a purpose. When you aren't planting, the weeds are there and they'll keep the ground there so it won't just wash away when the rain comes. So weeds have their purpose too. Wow. And I was just like, whoa, humbled. You know, and I thought I was being smart. Yeah, we'll keep the weeds out of my garden. Yeah. Shut up. You don't know shit. This guy told me something that was really... That's if you really that's, think about it, it was profound and it yeah. makes a lot of fucking sense. And you know, the world can't just be a bunch of fucking roses, dude. No, we need the thorns, no. the weeds. We need the bugs. Those fucking roses need to get chopped down once in a while. So they come back stronger. Yep. So just appreciate that you're a fucking rose. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a part of life and it, it, it's just a cycle and there's always going to be ups and downs, goods and bads. Well, thanks for including yeah. me. Thank you, appreciate brother. it. Shine. Thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to plug before we end this up? Um, yeah, the smart part of this, uh, yeah, next year, uh, 2024 in June, the end of June, uh, 28th, 29th and 30th, uh, me and Freddie Negretti are hosting Mm -hmm. the, uh, trusted tattoo convention again in Ontario. Um, and you guys did the first one last year. It was great. You know, I don't have the capacity to hustle something like that. Freddie was promoting it. You know, Freddie's old mentality. Hey, this is your neighborhood. This is your area homes, you know, this street and I'm like, well, whatever. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'd love to host it. So I co-hosted that with Freddie, and uh, we get to invite people. That's going to be a great show. Um, if you can make it, also the Tattoo Heritage Project, uh, mm-hmm. Good Time Charlie and Jack Rudy, Chewy Quintanar, um, Carrie Barba, Lucky Bastard, JD Crow. We're all involved in this. Uh, we're trying to get a museum, a tangible museum. Yeah, and it's an incredible lot of amount of work. I, I'll admit I'm not doing any of the administrative thing. I'm just using my love of tattooing and history and whatever uh, outreach I can do to bring attention to it. 
to try to create a museum here in Long Beach. Yeah, much for needed. everybody to see. Yeah, it'll either happen or it won't, you know. And if it does, that's awesome. You know. Well, we hope it does because it's going to solidify tattooing and history in the way that it should be represented. And who better than you and the guys that you mentioned? You know. Yeah, and you can't can't force anybody to like sugar or salt. Sure. You know, if you do. The past is always a great place to remember. You got to live in the present, but uh, you know, we aren't the first at this shit. No. So it's 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 nice, and if if you have that taste to uh, appreciate the past, at least it'll be available to you in a quality way for you. Yeah, yeah sure. Right. Awesome, Corey. Thank you so much, and uh, I guess we'll catch you guys. Six feet under tattoo parlor. Six feet under tattoo parlor. Make sure you come check them out. This is a OG shop. He's been here for fucking how long? 20? 28 years here. 28 yeah. fucking years. I don't even, I didn't even talk to him about how he was able to day to day keep the same location and all of that stuff because that's a whole show fucking show up. Show up and treat your clients good. Treat your clients good and throw the bad ones the fuck out and get them the fuck <laughs> out of here. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us. Cool. Damn. Woo!